Nick, who was that bloke from um, the A team, Mister T? Yes, please, with milk. (laughs) Let's do an intro. Hello and welcome to the 3T RPG podcast. My name is Harrison Hunt and with me is Nick Lamley. And of course we've got James Clark. Hello. This is an RPG show all about tabletop RPGs. And if you're new here, you may not know that I've just had a baby son. And uh, he's here today. Hopefully he's going to shut up for a bit. <laughs> now, right. So if you hear any weird noises coming from the background. Oh, oh there, he there he is. Oh, he's awake. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Can we give him a mic? No, let's not. Okay. Because he says, "I oh, know some of the stuff he says is really racist." Yeah, He's a bad, he's a bad man. <laughs> anyway, yeah, we've got today. We've got the feedback. We've got what you've been slaying. We've got a main subject where we're going to talk about Crystal Heart. Is it a game for cucks? <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, we've got Electro Letters where we are going to answer your questions. But for now, my back is hungry, lads. Should, should we feed it? Oh yeah. Feed it. Feed it, mate. The feedback side. So uh, the first one comes in from the Buttman. He says, going through the backlog, um, at the beginning of number 67, when Harrison the Huge is bitching about Funko Pop and how useless they are. To you, good sir, I say thank you. I've never understood the fascination. Do either of you own a Funko Pop? Do I own one? Yeah. What's a Funko Pop? Is it like a lollipop? I'm really glad that you guys don't know. <laughs> but they're those really shit figures you see in uh, Game and Argos and... Oh, uh, with the square head cunts. Yeah, with the big oh, heads. You cut, I mean, you cut the head open and there's something... <coughs> Hello, dear there. listener. Yeah, Sorry for fading down the podcast here. I only yeah, noticed that Nick's cool. mic was fucking up yeah. at this but, point um, during the edit. Uh, why? I can assure yeah, you it's, this it's stops about seven to ten minutes in, somewhere around that mark. So just bear with it for a yeah. minute, all right? And the special editions, they've got a different hat on. I don't understand why they're so... It's not even or It's not like an action figure. Are they... Right, now you've embarrassed yourself, Nick. Right. Because... They well, you can use them to play the Funko verse board game. Oh right! All right, so wait, shut up! But you can't take them out of the box. Oh god, no! God, oh god, god, no. god no! No 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 no! no. Yeah, but, but don't play with it. But 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 why? Yeah, they suck. They suck, and they're for morons with too much money and young yeah, people probably. Yeah, they are. I don't I know get... because I love them and I want to buy one. No, but where where did they come from? Because they're basically just um, uh, Japanese anime. Chibi dolls. I, I don't know. What's, what was the first ever one? Because obviously now they're like everything, you know. I think solo one. We got it. If I recall correctly, I think the first ones were like video game characters. Okay. Fine. So it might have been like master. No, it wasn't. It wouldn't master chief. But the first one I remember seeing is Firefly. Right. That okay. rubbish TV show. <laughs> um, but yes, Funko Pop suck. My main goal is to blow up and then act like I don't know nobody. <laughs> Next one comes in from Aiden Fitzpatrick. Now I'm going to read this feedback. I want you to bear in mind that there might be a hint of sarcasm in here, and I'm not sure. Wow, a podcast that doesn't have that presentable, generic, faux-geek shit smeared across it. Today's a good day. Thanks, man. Yeah, I like it. I think he's he's being sincere there. Well, I agree, because I don't really consider myself to be a nerd, and I don't associate with the listeners in any way. Because the people that listen to this show are hairless gibbons. <laughs> they have to be. Yeah, they have to by by <coughs> definition. Yeah. So the fact that he's recognised that, I think, is a good is a good. Thing. He's a good hairless gibbon. 
yeah, he's one of the you're few you're good going ones. To yeah. The other people on the Discord as well, they're cool. Yeah, they're cool. They are cool. It's, with the exception of a few. Yeah. Count Fuckula's got some shit to answer for. <laughs> <laughs> Last night he shared an image of a man, like a priest, looking at a corn on the orb. Have you seen that? It's like a corn on the cob, but oh, spherical. Mm. What the hell? So that's the sort of rubbish we're dealing with. Count Fuckula. <laughs> Bloody Count Fuckula. Oh my God, I hit the table. So you think about Count Fuckula is, if he sees something, he has to fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. count whilst he's doing something. <laughs> One. Ah. Count the thrusts. <laughs> One. Ah. Ah. Oh, that's good. Finished. Oh, no. How embarrassing. <laughs> oh, that that doesn't usually happen. I'm sorry. It's just because you're so beautiful. I'm a bit tired. <laughs> sorry, corn on the orb. I'm just going to the bathroom to cry. I mean, um, nothing. Well, anyway, that's it for feedback. Um, should we get... Should we get... <laughs> should we get on to what we've been saying? No. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. What you slaying? Been playing. Uh, we've been playing our cyberpunk campaign, Red. Oh, That's yeah. been going on, and uh, yeah, it, we we've so we've got to the point now where um, the characters are now sort of a known a name brand in Night City, right? Oh yeah. They are masters of the Holloway firm, which is an ex-gangster operation that ended up being a sports broadcasting corporation. And they're trying to bring it back to the old days, go back to the gang shit, do that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, they recently dispatched a gang called the Voodoo Boys, taking them in ta- out entirely, and then were uh, invited ab- upon the uh, boat of the mayor of the city. Yeah. While they were on the boat, um, the every, everyone who's everyone in uh, in Night City was there, including um, the CEO of Cool Games Inc. His name is Dick Sniffington. Right? Don't laugh. <laughs> That's immature. Oh, um, Sorry. But anyway, he created the uh, uh, in-game uh, MMORPG called Elf Lines Online. And during this party on the yacht to celebrate the group's success, a uh, mother whose son died whilst playing Elf Lines came onto the boat, shot Dick in the head, killing him, uh, only to reveal that he had a sort of black box in his head that uh, revealed a final message, a dead man's trigger. And it was like... Basically, he's hidden 26 billion euro dollars in an Easter egg in his video game. And to make sure that everyone's on the same playing field, all current characters have been deleted. Yeah. And so it's a race to try to get it first. And not only is everyone in Night City after it, but corporations have made hundreds of accounts and are just flooding the servers trying to... Yeah, Mm. exactly. And um, the, the it turns out that the guy who made the game had an obsession with 80s culture. So a lot of trying to figure out where the thing is, is trying to figure out what this guy was into and where he might have hidden it. Now, people may realise that this is the plot of Ready Player One. <laughs> and that's because it is. And However, um, the difference is, is I read the book. I didn't watch the film, so it's the good version of yeah. Ready Player One. And even that wasn't that good, but it was very enjoyable. I enjoyed it, yeah. Yeah, me too. Um, but the... Yeah, so so the first thing is they've got... Well, essentially the whole idea is that they've got to find three keys to open a secret door to do one final challenge to then uh, get the 26 billion euro dollars. And uh, they've got one key so far, and it was much easier than all others. So the way that the, ga- the Elf Lines game works is that they have port towns, and in those towns are portals, and you can put any four-word combination to get a field and a dungeon to explore. Now, so they, they kind of have to figure out what four 
uh, in infinite codes, uh, what four word codes will lead them to the right dungeons and etc. etc. They figured out the first one and they went to the first scene from the Terminator and had to fight the Terminator in a bar and got the first key. Nice. They were then told that, you know, this, uh, the, 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 the next ones are going to be much, much harder. And that's true. Um, but what happened next is that they, they did a bit of research on Dick Sniffington, found out that he worked on a module for D&D in 1978 called the Tomb of Horrors. And they realised that some clues got to be hidden in that module. So, mm. uh, James, could you talk us through what, what your plan was for this? Because I thought they were going to go and try to go to a store and buy one or, or go, like jump a game or yeah. something like that's, this. So what we did, um, Ryan looked into it a bit, did some research and then... Um, you know, we're just like, oh yeah, just hack into eBay. But the way hacking works in Cyberpunk is it's local. It has to be local, so we have to be yeah, at eBay headquarters. Right. Yeah. So we were like, okay, we'll turn up. Um, and but us and fucking everyone else turned up at yeah, eBay. There was, there was a riot going on outside. What was funny is I tried to make a joke, right? Because mm. I was like, well, I mean, you could hack into it, but you'd need to get to the eBay headquarters and hack into a device, yeah. and you know that's very far away. And um, and then we just went, yeah, but we could like, get there. The player was like, oh, mate, where is it? And I'm like, the north of the city. And he's like, well, that's easy. We can get in a couple of hours. And I was like, I know, it was a joke, mate. <laughs> <laughs> what? But yeah, so we like went up there and then Ryan got his um, his janitor's outfit on. Oh, sorry, his vending machine repairman outfit <laughs> yeah. that he's had for several sessions now. And it keeps getting finding trying to find use of it. But yeah, we turned up and he tried to get in. And then uh, we got turned away because no one was allowed in or out. And it was literally, that's it. Doesn't matter who you are. You're not allowed in or out. Um... But yeah, so we eventually started um, just sort of mucking up and doing some distractions and Ryan boosted up onto a balcony um, stealthily. With his rocket legs. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. He smashed through um, an office and then there was a bunch of Karens sitting there having a meeting. They were having a marketing meeting. They were like, I think we're going for a pink logo this season. They were like, yeah, yeah, pink's really in. And he just burst in. He's like, get the fuck out. (laughs) Yeah, but then he, but then he, um, he twisted it and he goes, "Oh, there's, it's, it's really dangerous outside. You should get, you should get further in and get away from the windows." And because you know, these guys had incited a riot outside, because yeah. basically loads of people had had the same idea right, as the players. Yeah. So actually, at the moment, one other player's got both the first key and the Ooh, second key. So behind. Yeah, so yeah. the players are behind. Yeah. But yeah, as James mentioned, there was a riot sort of already bubbling up outside, yeah. and so these guys all made it happen. And, uh, and yeah, so when the hacker jumped up to onto the balcony and ran in, he kind of just said, get the fuck out, it's dangerous out there. Don't worry, I'll protect you. <laughs> yeah. They leg it. And we had this pretty cool hacking scene. So our, these guys were fighting outside yeah. while the hacker was trying to make his way through the net architecture. <laughs> and he used the back door to get into the deep part of eBay, the like the non-listed yeah. stuff where you can and he buy found, drugs. he found an old dejected black ice program sitting there just sad because uh, he hasn't been used in years because nobody cares about ebay security so like, hello uh, oh, oh, oh stop stop that and and he's like uh which way to the uh warehouse and shipping part of the net architecture and he's like that way i mean don't go that way <laughs> and he's like, All right, he's like i'm so bored and tired <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was literally like a fucking floyd from uh, true romance he's like <laughs> You better not do that, man. I'll kick your ass. But yeah, the uh, whole thing concludes with him uh, both hacking the security bots and systems mm. to send out a company-wide message that the the PCs are not to be fucked with. Yeah. And also the, uh, to kind of get... Uh, yeah, to release... Dro- the uh, li- to release one listing so that he could collect it. So yeah, they got the Tomb of Horrors module, and uh, fortunately the hacker has uh, cryptography. Ooh, so he had a look through it, found a secret code, and now they are well, they're poised to 
do the actual Tomb of Horrors module within Elf Lines Online within Cyberpunk Red. Yeah, so in order to get the uh, the second key, Ryan took six days to hack into it because it was a mammoth code. Wow. It's it's a very di- it was a very difficult code, and it took him six days. He uh-huh. thought that was ridiculous, but I did. I a I rolled randomly, and b he didn't actually score very high. Mm-hmm. So the thing is. What ended up happening was I, I was like, okay, take six days. Does anybody else want to do anything while you're doing it? Yeah. Two players, I'm not going to name any names, but they got they went off and got really fucking stoned during the break, which was really annoying just to begin with. And they came back and they they thought they'd outsmarted me because I said, okay, six days. He goes, right, Biotechnica, it's one of the other big corporations in the game, has recently gone into liquidation, which right. means that their stock is all going to be public property and thus it's going to be auctioned off. Right. Mm. Sean was like, right, I'll go down to Biotechnica, <laughs> sure. get the pink slip. Oh, I said his name. Um, <laughs> he's like, I'll go down to Biotechnica, I get the pink slips and I'm going to come back. That's two days for the next four days. And and he's he's then trying to unlock an epic level mount within Elf Lines to okay. make himself go faster. But the thing is, right, I said, no, it, look, the company auction, it doesn't happen the day after it goes into liquefaction. No. Li- uh, liquefaction. <laughs> yes. Um, so it's going to be about a month's time. Yeah. And then he was like, yeah, but we've already spent six days, so it's not going to be a month. And and what number is it, right? Well, no, what month is it? Because because if it's February, that means we've only got 18 days to wait. So And I was like, no, I meant a month from the end of the downtime, so shut up. <laughs> uh, but then I said it. But him and the other fucking guy just kept on going on and on and on. And t- <laughs> they were just like, "Yeah, but if but think about it though, oh, right? Think right? Think about it because six days, uh, but but six days minus thirty. And what month is it? Because some months are thirty-one. I, I think was like, it was like there was too much like emphasis on the days. It's just like that. That meant absolutely nothing really because it was just six days is uh, for Ryan's. Um, thing, thing, yeah, right? him to figure out the code, and then yeah. everyone else just got a just chance to do something in between. So we were like, okay, cool, that's fine, that works for us. I needed to heal up anyway, and so do a bit of someone backstory else. stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. And so, like, um, I just don't get it because the emphasis on like the fact that Harrison said that in order to do this auction afterwards, there'd be an additional month that you need to wait in game to then see if you could pull it off at the auction. And I'm like, fine, that means we can I write that down. I was essentially saying, leave it, I'll tell yeah. you when the auction's when, come up. Yeah, and then, yeah. then we think about it. But, yeah, then, yeah, yeah. but then they're like, yeah, but like then we could come to the auction sooner. It's like, we have more pressing matters at the minute. Yeah. Like, it's a really cool idea. It really is, and it's great. Yeah, you can get some old, out-of-date medicine from Biotechnica, but, but then yeah. there's 26 billion up for grabs here. So one of yeah. What's more important? Was they trying to uh, your move GM you? No, it wasn't, it wasn't even. It wasn't even that. It was just. It was just the sheer. I just got like, lost in it. It's like you know when some people when they when they take when they take illegal substances, which neither of the players in this particular case did, mm-hmm. and it was this is entirely a joke, and they've never done it and never would. Mm. Some people think that what they're saying is incredibly profound and smart, and Sean was. <laughs> Oh, I keep saying his bloody name, <laughs> but he was like, um, he he was like, oh, so um, yeah, you know, like, like I'm, I just love it, man. Like the planning, like, can you can you believe the planning that's going on right now? And I'm just like, <laughs> we're in the this lab. isn't planning. We're discussing how many days are in a month. That's different. <laughs> Poor Riot to take a floor break. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so so one of our players got so frustrated <laughs> at watching these two just talk absolute rubbish. He, he laid down on the floor. He face down, laid on the floor, and I've got a video of him just just jumping up and going. Yeah, but he jumps up. Angry. He's like, "Take your fucking tits! Just take your bloody tits!" 
<laughs> they started it, crying. It was it was easily one of but I was kind of like fanning the flames a little bit. Yeah. So I was just uh, you could see I sent these guys a video and I'm just like no, but wait because it's it's nine eleven, but that's not. Oh the same, but they use the English yeah. date format, <laughs> and oh, it was just. Was it, it was, a leap year though? <laughs> oh, don't. That probably came up at some point. I, I actually think that Ryan, that was not, that wasn't a joke. He got pissed off, but then turned it around at the end. Like he was. Oh, actually, he was definitely pissed off. Do you see yeah. his face before the the video that I saw when he's not on the floor and he and the, and the kind of camera pans as they're chatting about it, and Ryan's just sat there like. He looks so bored. But it's funny. It's, uh, imagine that. Imagine saying the video I saw where he's not on the floor. That's how stupid it got. It was, was bloody... It, it, was, it was one of the most annoying things I, I think <laughs> I've ever witnessed. But I, I, I didn't want to just say, shut up, right? No, of I, I was going to sit there and just let them do it and be like, are you fucking serious? Like, you've been doing this for Did they get to the minutes. bottom of it? Yeah, they did, but they did, they did within the first minute. That's the trouble. Yeah. I said, no, no. It circled it's, back I mean, round. All the rest was just filler. It circled back round. I, like, I mean, after the six days, there's a month. And they're like, what month? And I said, November. So there's 31 days. Yeah. Right? Or whatever. Okay. And then, no, but don't fucking matter. Because we're yeah. not that religious about our days. Details, mate. Yeah. Details, mate. Oh, my God. So, yeah, basically very fun at the moment, but uh, very frustrating. And, <laughs> and I think what's kind of cool, though, so Cyberpunk, it does have rules for the MMORPG Elf Lines Online. Oh, right. Um, okay. That they released as free DLC to the main game. And uh, <laughs> basically... It's really cool. So you create a character in the normal way you would, but the pool of skills is different mm -hmm. and you don't have things like cyberware and stuff like this. There's a pool of skills and pools of gear. But I kind of wanted the system to be really simple for the online game part of it. So I've been using Tiny Dungeon. Oh, it's a really cool system. It's brilliant. Um, it's so like light. It's basically a micro RPG that's been expanded to be an entire book. Oh, right. So okay. all it is is like there's one page of rules, uh, a bunch of races and classes, and mm -hmm. then and then that's that's it. But nice. after that, it's got like it expands upon all of that with six mini settings, all yep. of which are like two pages long. What about a beast the, theory? The best beast theory you've it's, seen. It's mad because it's it focuses very very much on dinosaurs. Ooh. So if you want the best dinosaur. Dinosaur beast Very good. Yeah. library of dinosaurs, then That's tiny dungeons will yep. be covered. And then it's got, you know, a bunch of optional rules. And that is about it. Like, it's pretty bloody good. <laughs> but in addition to that, uh, we played a bit of D&D &D 5e. So, Nick, you came down for your special yes. day. Yes, special yes, day. Yes, mate. It was you lovely. got let out for a day. Yeah, we had a great day of activities. And uh, we kicked did off... We well, no, well, we did. Shut up. We did. We did have a good life. Well, some of us. Well, well, I nearly died. We'll get so. to that. No, we'll get to that. So yeah, we kicked. We kicked <laughs> we'll off, get to that. Shut we up. kicked off the day with a um, uh, a bit of a bit of D and D, which was great. And I actually got the. Uh, I had the pleasure of actually playing the basically the the essential starter. Uh, uh, adventure for D&D &D, which is the Lost Mines of Vandelva Vandelva and that is where the town of Vandalin comes from yes so, yeah I mean it's it's a really good adventure and we actually didn't really get to the bottom of it and when no. we turned up and he said oh we're playing this I was like I know this adventure a little bit mm. and it's a three sessioner but what we did do is essentially that you're searching for your lost cousin yes. who's gone missing in these mines mm-hmm Mm. and we sort of did the first boss and got up to that yeah. point. Yeah. But um, it was a lot of fun. And the, the, the GM in question is the one that we often mention is the guy that loves Critical Role. Yeah. And you could tell, you know, but his descriptions were very good. Whereas mm -hmm. he was reading the text entries from the book, it was like, 
quite it's, atmospheric. It's very mm-hmm. eloquent. Yeah, like yeah, he, yeah. He enunciated it very well. I enjoyed the piss out of it because that's the first time I've ever played D and D. Shut up. <laughs> it is, seriously. Oh, have you only ever GM'd oh, I've it? I've only ever GM'd DM'd it. it. So, sure, yeah, it was the first ah, time I've okay. ever played it. Okay, it was a good laugh. We had a does laugh. Does Pathfinder 3.5 of D&D 3.5 not count? I guess yeah, it true. does. 3.75. No, because, yeah, because yeah. Pathfinder is a version of D&D. Yeah. But official D&D, I've never okay. played. Okay, and it was this starter module as well. So there you go. So you feel like a proper noob. I do, I do now. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a laugh. Uh, we fucked about, of course. Our characters, because it was a one-shot, we did go a bit mental. So we used the... The pregens from the start box, <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, we all went for pun names. Straight. Oh, of course. So you were a high elf. I was a high elf, which was uh, what was I? Chronic Della Strange. <laughs> yeah, and um, he was a weed smoking elf, yeah. Jamaican type elf. Yeah, I was Jackson Chan. <laughs> yeah. He was the fighter. So yeah, I was friends. an I was a noble, he's a noble, noble yeah. person who was a fighter. <laughs> yeah. So he was uh, he yeah he was basically Jackie Chan. <laughs> yeah. And we, we had um, Mulan Rogue. <laughs> What, but what was funny about Moulin Rouge is that he misspelt the name as Moulin Rouge when he put it down on his sheet. Yeah. So we had Moulin Rouge. Moulin and Rogue. then um, I was none the wiser. None was, the wiser. Was a cleric. That's right. Um, and I kept burning all of the loot we found because of mm-hmm. stolen goods. Yep, that's right. That's right. We met Clark. Clark, yeah. Oh, Clark, yeah. sorry, yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. I didn't know that encounter was coming up when I set the room on fire. I just saw, because I saw a bunch of stolen provisions and I'm like, stolen goods, burn it all. I think I really like the fact that um, at the end of that session, um, James showed us the the book, and then he just went right. You just walked into the dungeon, took a right, didn't <laughs> oh, stop, yeah. and you got straight to the boss. Yeah, and I was like, oh, that's awesome. Touch. Well, so, that, yeah, I mean, it just shows how fucking good we are. That's right. Yeah. You know, straight to the point. Do you know what was funny? The, the thing that I that I'm surprised hasn't come up before was that um, Mulan Rogue. Mm-hmm. He was a hobbit, <laughs> yeah. and he was. He, he was a bit of a sex pest, right? <laughs> now, as soon as we got oh, into Vandalin, oh, like, oh. after this journey, no, I mean, but we do have to mention it because I want to know if anyone else has ever had this joke made at their table because what happens, we get into Vandalin, he sees a bunch of kids <laughs> and assumes that they're not children, but, but halflings, but, but hobbits. And so he looks at him and he's like, hello, sexy lady. <laughs> <laughs> and suddenly all the village starts frowning at us and we're like, we should get to that cave. That was bad. That was a low point. It was a bad We hadn't even had a what drink about when we, um, What about... <laughs> I'll tell you what did make me laugh. When... Um, uh, he, he was like, so I'll pay you. So we went to the shop, didn't we? So we, so we delivered some goods to yeah, the yeah, shop. Yeah, another shitty and he was, encounter with a shopkeeper. That's it, yeah. And uh, he was like, right, I'll give you all 100 copper <laughs> each, right? it, I think. Yeah, no, it was 10 gold pieces. Sorry, 10 gold. And then um, Ryan, uh, Ryan's character, Mulan Rogue, uh, <laughs> he, um, he was like, oh, you gave me copper pieces because he had some copper pieces yeah, yeah. from before, didn't he? And he tricked the uh, tricked the shop owner into actually giving him more And I tried to sabotage his With his mate's hands as yeah. well, didn't we? To knock something off the shop. <laughs> Shell. It was so stupid. Like, like I just thought we we say so often on this podcast. It's like, why do we have to treat shopkeepers badly? <laughs> like, and then shit, as soon yeah. as we see one, we've done exactly that. Yeah, <laughs> I helped him clean up though. Yeah, that's true. Let's be fair. That's true. Uh, but you know, it was very good fun. Uh, you know, slaying some goblins, and um, we left it kind of 
open, so we might pick it back up again next time we jump yeah, on a one shot. Cool. Uh, I liked. Um, it was a good laugh. Yeah, yeah. I liked when you yeeted Clark's dog into the fire as well. That was good. Because <laughs> yeah. they went on simultaneous turns, and Nick kind of Bruce Lee'd it and just sort of dodged out of the way and slung this fucking wolf into a fire. Yeah, beautiful. beautiful. Very good. Very good fun. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun, a lot mm-hmm. of fun playing D and D. That same day, uh, we did we then went out and went quad biking in the muddiest track I've ever in the pikeiest fucking place. <laughs> in the weirdest place. It was yeah. good fun though. Wasn't it was, like, it was left through the lorry fix up shop. Uh, <laughs> it, w- it was a good laugh, but you could tell like from the outset that this operation was dodgy. Did you see that? Mm. When we were going in, there was a kids' play park and it was like activity zone. And it literally reminded me of in the office when Dwight does it, and it's like really <laughs> terrible, like. They looked like death trap for kids, and right on the front uh, there was a there was a sign saying we accept no liability for damage <laughs> to drink. children. To, yeah, <laughs> should be named Phenopolis. Yeah, yeah, and, and like the 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 sort of uh, health and safety training was basically him going basically that's how you make it go, and let's go and have a fuck about it's carnage out there, and carnage. And instead of like setting a sensible pace, he was tearing it through the track. <laughs> Do you remember when we first got there, and there was like some like. They were like mini go-karts that were like zooped up on petrol engines. And then like there were some small people going around the track and they were bouncing all over the place. It was so dangerous. And, and you know, um, like they didn't have any... Usually when you run a place like that, you have like, you know... You t- you try to go for wider tracks, or you have you know tires. Some so barriers would be nice, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. But, especially uh, if you've got quite expensive equipment. So this is a bit lame, but I was nervous already, having been in. I've been in so many wrecks. <laughs> it's amazing I'm alive. Yeah. Um, but I yes. So um, I was nervous already, and just when I started to get my confidence, Nick, you were behind me. At I was the time, behind you. Yes. And then smash. Basically, I I, I crashed. But what yeah. happened was, is that. Uh, I was driving along, right? Some idiot had left a ramp out, and I was like, "Well, I can't slow down now." Got to take flew, it. I, 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 t- I took it. <laughs> double backflip. Double backflip, yep. right? I landed, yep. and the guy came over, and he was like, "Mate, are you a pro?" And I said, <laughs> "No, mate, I'm making shitloads on podcasts." But I wrecked your bike, and, and then he drove off, <laughs> and, and, and he said, "Well, you should be." <laughs> and then as he drove off from there, smashed then, into a tree. That's it. That was the tra- that, that was the that was the accident. Yeah, and then, and then the other guy turned up and was just slow clapping. In all, in all honesty, it was quite a wimpy crash, but a quad bike did get fucked up quite a lot. Yeah. And also because of my previous accident history, it, st- it made me it stirred up quite a few fearful emotions. Yeah, I yeah. didn't realise quite how scared I was. But then, um, yeah, the bumper was fucked. The like, bike was it's, it's probably it's probably worth mentioning that the actual chassis was absolutely fine. It was just a bit of plastic. Yeah, the, the bumper, radiator was fine. The yeah, engine was fine. Yeah. But it, it drove was, it back. The steel no, bumper a, that that you know were designed to take that impact yeah, they, were all, the they were all sad faced because it was like oh that's his new orange one he really likes that one and he tried to make me pay so, for it it's like well don't don't lend it out then <laughs> yeah yeah do you know what I mean well, that's just, you're giving it to people with 10 seconds of actual practice when they have this big open field right at the start where you can drive around in circles we'll get used we to should it, have yeah. done a few yeah, more of those yeah absolutely but um yeah, and I mean, they had no barriers down the really thin bit, and it was a valley, so it was a bit is, stupid. They, they didn't yeah. do any checks, and we, we, James, you know, we obviously we'd met up for a whole day of activities, so it should, we, we were, we wanted to drink. Yeah, and uh, we, when we got there, there was another set of people that were drinking out of floats out of the boat. Yeah, they, they had, had champagne, they had champagne popping off. That was funny actually because they were like, <laughs> they were like, they're waiting on one more, and by the time that bloke had turned up, I think they had about ten minutes. Yeah, they were out for yeah, not long at all because of this <laughs> and they one managed guy. to crash two bikes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's no wonder you're letting people drink and drive. I mean, well, no, yeah. it says in their site, it's I mean, just like you can't, you know, we won't allow you one under the influence of anything. So I was just start very explicit, like, no, we can't drink mm. before and until until we're back. And yeah. everyone was like, yeah, cool, fine. But, but I don't don't guy, fuck, mate, the way they're making their money, yeah. 
is by allowing people to crash. Because there was a stag do, and they and they yeah. said that they fucked one, and we actually saw it. The wheel was off. <laughs> so yeah, they they properly busted but it. But they've got a workshop there for fixing them. I'm aware this is an RPG yeah. podcast, and we're talking about quad. Bikes. But I mean, the, even their instructor, and I use that term very loosely. Um, he, uh, well, I don't know. He was very, either very excited or. Well, he, I think, oh, he, I think he was job. on something. <laughs> yeah. He fucking loves his job. But like. I think, I think he had a little bit of quad bike powder. <laughs> bit of fucking engine juice yeah a bit of engine but juice but it was good fun uh, I, had a, I had a good laugh but it, you know you can tell a place is dodgy when you crash the fucking bike and they let you drive it back yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then and then they, and then you have to have a go and have a little walk around and then they try and charge you 800 quid yeah <laughs> piss right off so yeah we did that now but it was a good day and then we've shot some pole which I haven't done in years we did and me and my brother were fucking smashing it yeah yeah I was barely work. concentrating the whole time I was like Sean you fucking suck but Look, it turns out we were just absolutely really good it. there was lots of massy shots it was pretty massy in there. <laughs> Do you know what was funny, though? Um, uh, was uh, afterwards, we went back to James's. And listeners, if you have never played a game called I, Dark Overlord, <laughs> you have to. Essentially, what it is, it's it's a role-playing slash card game where you play sort of the boardroom in The Apprentice. Mm-hmm. Your goblins, one player plays the boss, like the GM, your goblins who have failed on a mission. And uh, it's your turn, it's your job to try and, it's like shirk the blame over to yeah, somebody else until you're the only one left alive yeah now I'll just say that we've had a few ales at this point I was fucking steaming drunk mate I've, no one was not drunk and I don't remember how the game ended uh, well did we I'll just get, stop we stopped we just stopped because <laughs> we couldn't figure out how the game ended <laughs> I, I, I have an admission though because I didn't send it because it's too long but I put my phone on the table and recorded nine so minutes I. worth so did I I've got some oh no yeah, I'll, I've, I'll, I've got video I'll stick in a couple of clips, um, but we, right. they, we, we basically disregarded the rules entirely. Well, we're always too drunk when we play it. Yeah, because and, Nick and also, was explaining it, and then I was sat there, and I was like, look, I've played it before, I've forgotten it, still and don't quite get honestly, it. it's going in, we're, in one ear, out the yeah. other, and I was like, and let's just, just play like, it. So the idea <laughs> right. is, is that you get dealt a hand of cards, and there's some that have excuses on them, and some way you can uh, but pass in. the blame. Yeah, or pass and you're meant to in. take turns, but allow the player to speak for a good amount of time, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and shut and, up And also, like, you can only pass the buck to another player if you make a decent excuse or have one of those cards right? yeah but it just so happened that everyone despite it being like miles away from being their turn would just jump in and be like no there was a mummy <laughs> the cool thing mummy. about the game is you kind of have this narrative that builds as it goes along yeah. and i lost lost the plot like literally <laughs> in about half an hour in, and it was just us shouting at each oh, other no. it, was, it got to the point where we were literally just like nah, nah, nah. <laughs> it was just incomprehensible oh, and we were like so how does the game end we were like oh can we just stop should we go sing some songs it was a lot of fun oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Then we did uh, when we did sort of really bad karaoke, karaoke yeah oof oh. oof oh. oof yep it was fun though it was awesome oh had a great day it was wicked great it was, it was amazing but Nick do you remember feeding me your drink five times no night? I don't <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, he does. Hi, Jesse. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Nick was drinking. Uh, he bought some special gin. Mm. And about five times while he was really <laughs> smashed, he came up to me and was like, hey, mate, you've got to get your lips around that. Get out, go, mate. And then I, I would try a bit. And then about five minutes later, so I got to the point where you'd done it so many times that I was pretending to drink in it and going, mm, yeah, really <laughs> nice. Enough, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, so you just go like that and not yeah, drink yeah, yeah, it. A bit more. And oh, um, now, do you remember falling over the couch? I don't remember falling over the couch, but I remember the photos. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so Nick fell over the couch. He's like, everyone just chill out. 
out and tried to <laughs> lean on the fucking couch, flipped over it, and then just laid on the floor. And I think you would have stayed there if nobody, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. if nobody picked him up. Yeah. Oh, and um, Ryan told us that on the way home, um, Nick was so happy he uh, he was walking with his eyes shut. <laughs> Right? He kept wandering into the road. Yeah, and he kept wandering <laughs> into the road. So apparently Ryan just consistently just had to steer Nick. It's probably worth mentioning, I think we left yours about 10.30. No, 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 no. it was 11. Oh, 11, 11. Okay. Just but, after 11, yeah. But, but um, as we were leaving, I was like, come on, we've got 40 minutes till the pub closes. And Nick, uh, we all started singing, like ironically singing, let's go fucking mental. But when you joined in, Nick, you were like, you sounded like like a character from Tough Guys. You were like, ah, ah, <laughs> and it was so funny. And James was still in his flat, and he could hear us outside. It was so funny. The next day, like, oh no, that night, and it was just like, oh no, sorry. The next day, when they were commenting on it, it was like, I fucking heard that. It was so loud, <laughs> and they were up the road a bit. <laughs> Yeah, it was so, oh, it was so it was loud. Hilarious. Oh, it was good. It was a great day. We'd do that it again. Was that was wonderful. really good fun. It was good fun. I, I had an ale with two whiskeys in it after the uh, car crash. Yep. Because I was like... Really, Wait, what? Did you? I did, because I was really shaken up. Oh, I bro, like, I, I didn't, didn't know that you had actually no did that. That's great. I was too... We had some Polish beers. Explains why had I some nice Polish beers. <laughs> yeah, we did. Because the, the pool bar that we went to... The, one of the <laughs> times, was like, do not get a pint. <laughs> yeah, the, one of the times I went there... Uh, a guy served me a pint and a cockroach floating in it and his reaction when I put it back over the pie he just went Ugh. and then just poured me another one I was like no mate I don't want that I don't was that oh, that was quite a few years ago but I actually Blech. I was really drunk when we went there to go and play pool so I actually told the guy I was like mate I don't ever buy things because you put cockroach in it once and he's like mate I would never do that and he got a bit aggressive and I was like, I was just like okay thanks for the bit but yeah we were drinking authentic Polish beer mate that's it authentic Polish beer it was nice yeah it was good but um, yeah we've talked too much about non-RPG stuff but I will say this play D&D 5e it's a, oh, I think that game's going places <laughs> <laughs> if you can check, check it Dark out. Overlord check well. it get out. your hand on I Dark Overlord yes well get that you probably won't but you do I Dark Overlord yeah uh, bye name subject ma- ma- magic name subject Tokyo name subject a game for sissies and snowflakes. A game for people whose wives have multiple partners. A game for people who would crumble into dust if a stiff wind came along. These comments, and worse, were levelled at Crystal Heart. A game powered by the Savage World system and conceived by Eran Aviram and Aviv Or. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I, I knew I was going to pronounce the names wrong, so I sort of tried to just give it, you know, the effort it deserves. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Okay, good. Well done. Crystal Heart is probably the most divisive product released for Savage Worlds since Shane Hensley released Savage Al Qaeda. Half of the Savage Worlds people said it was a great fantasy setting inspired by modern cartoons and Final Fantasy, while half of the community lamented over the death of the adult themes and claimed that the book had a snowflakey SJW agenda. Perhaps the most common criticism against the setting at the time of its release was that its writers, and indeed its fans, are cucks. (laughs) (laughs) Now, while it's simply easy to agree by just taking a casual glance at the book's uh, Stevens Universe-style cover, we like to do our research on this show, so today we're going to be examining the history of cuckoldry, the story of how Crystal Heart came to be, and we're going to see, is it actually for cucks? Now, Cucky, wh- now where this where this idea came from, and I, uh, it, it was funny is I, I used to personally know someone who I spoke with regularly on a public internet forum, and when I jokingly suggested that the game was for cucks, he became very offended and upset. 
So was this unnamed man becoming defensive because he was uh, jealous of his wife's boyfriend, Jamal? Or was he angry because I was wrong? Today we're going to finally find out, lads. <laughs> and I, I tell you what, uh, what we're going to do mm. is if I was wrong, I'd apologise here and now to that unnamed person. Okay. But if I was right, I am going to gloat to like to, like, like a normal yeah like i usually do yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. but first of all let's start with the history of cuckoldry so that we can educate ourselves before we make up our minds so wikipedia describes a cuck as is the husband of an adulterous wife the wife of an adulterous husband is a cuck queen in biology a cuckold is a male who unwittingly invests parental effort in juveniles who are not genetically his offspring <laughs> right so that's how it happens in nature. Now, the term originated from tree-dwelling European birds known as cuckoos. 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 <laughs> so it should be cuckold then. Yeah, it should be cuckold. Cuckoo. You fucking cooks. <laughs> Make me a sandwich. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, basically they had a habit of laying their eggs in another bird's nest. That's right, parasitic, yeah. Pretty baller. Um, the first use of this term as an insult comes from a poem from the mid-1200s called The Owl and the Nightingale. In the poem, an owl argues with the nightingale over who is the better bird. And the nightingale believes the owl is fat, annoying and underhanded. While the owl believes that the nightingale is all fur coat and no knickers. <laughs> saying that while the nightingale's song may be pretty, its pleasant and sensual tones lead people to commit adultery. Oh, you know, but like yeah. an owl, that could rip your throat out. Yeah, but yeah. you just sing sweet songs, yeah, so yeah. I'm going to have sex with your wife. <laughs> and that was basically the first use of it as, a, as an insult. Right. And the nightingale actually agrees with the owl, saying that all women cuck their husbands because men are lecherous and evil, and that her song isn't to blame for the shitty nature of man or the promiscuity or the promiscuity of unmarried women. Now the nightingale has a point, but the poem ends when the owl threatens to get all of his predatory birdmates and fuck the nightingale up. <laughs> <laughs> and then a wren comes along and basically tells both of them to shut up. So it's pretty much nothing has changed in the eight hundred years That's an since awesome this story. poem has come out. Um, now the, this version of the term differs a little bit from the modern use of cook 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 old. Um, so we'll get into that later but now according to an encyclopedia of swearing the social history of oaths profanity and foul language the first use of cuck as a derogatory term comes from the monk and poet John Lydgate in 1440 he wrote a poem called The Fall of Princes which is really long and I mean 36,000 lines long what? Uh, monks didn't have much to do let's be honest if they're not out shagging or (laughs) making cheese they're they're writing 3,000 it's a lot right it's a big big fucking number big fucking lot of books uh, but yeah, this poem is nine fucking books long. So I'm not going to go into detail, obviously, right? Because we've, you know, I've got shit to do. Um, but it's about the lives of many historical figures. And speaking of one such person's wife, he wrote, To speak plain English made him cuckold. <laughs> now, I only found that short quote and I tried to figure out who he was speaking about, but all my searches only yielded porn. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Lydgate's poem, intended to insult various popular celebs at the time, was quite synonymous with the attitudes of the time. You see, back in the good old days, wives were seen as the man's property. And, I mean, that was the good old days. And as such, a wife adultering was seen as a failing of the man that they weren't being stern enough with their woman, weren't beating them in the right way. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. You see, this explains, right, why several of Shakespeare's comedies featured characters who were cucks and were called such as an insult because, you know, that was sort of like, that's the biggest insult at the time. So you can't control your woman, 
you fucking out. Look at the state of you. So, now, the term today, when somebody says it, they really mean a person who possesses the quality of a cunt, as in a weak-willed man who has no authority, skinny arms, and is incapable of satisfying a woman. <laughs> this is inter- interchangeably used with beta male, referring to someone being lower in the wolf pack, dude. <laughs> and this kind of uh, implied meaning was also popular in the 1500s. If you wanted to say that somebody possessed the qualities of a beta male... The term used at the time was, he wears the horns of a cuckold, or simply, he wears the horns. Oh. He wears the horns of a cuckold. That's yeah, so brilliant. if you said, oh, yeah, mate, he's, you, you don't want to be hanging around with him, he wears the horns. He wears, and they go, oh, so oh, no see. more. <laughs> so this is a reference to the mating habits of stags who forfeit their rights to a woman if they're bested in combat by a cooler stag on a motorbike with a leather jacket. <laughs> the implication is someone wearing the horns of a cuckold has weak-ass horns and no motorbike. Ooh. Now, here's a fun fact. Essex today has a perhaps incorrect reputation as being full of promiscuous women, right? And, uh, you know, we have a few listeners from Essex, if you can confirm. Let us know. <laughs> uh, um, and, and it, it seems, right, that this has always been the case, because in the English Civil War in the 1600s, a man named Horatio Carey was trying to lure forces out of Essex to fight him so he could fuck them up. To do so, he held up a battle standard that simply read, Come out, you cuckold. <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, and, and there's a picture of it on Wikipedia, and I've got to say, it's beautiful. Oh, it's massive, isn't it? <laughs> yes, well, it's, he, they were laying siege to Essex at the time, so he had it on a big fucking pole. <laughs> Come out, you cuckold. <laughs> Can you imagine somebody just sitting in his castle, he's like, Sir, we, we, we do not have the forces to fight them. And he's like, but but look at that flag. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry, it's not good. Why? Uh, they put a flag out. Um, he's calling you a cuck. Tell fuck you! Get him! He did what? Have you tried calling him a right-wing fucktard? Um, so, yeah, I mean, in the modern day, right, we have the advent of the so-called soy boy and the beta <laughs> cuck and the SJW snowflake. Now, these are a handful of terms used by right-wing people uh, in reference to a sort of perceived proliferation of the male feminist, like a, a weak waif-like man that dominates the left-leaning population. Now, I neither agree or disagree with this, really, but the this use of the cuck term has sort of led to its recent resurgence. Now, you go to any town and you'll see people outside with battle standards saying, come out, you cuck. <laughs> come out, you cuckolds, yeah. <laughs> and by now, I mean Twitter. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, another factor involved in this is the recent actual boom of polyamory, right, where couples have multiple partners. Oh, yeah. Uh, and now, I've watched documentaries on this and also have a friend Bet who has are. had three long-term relationships break down after this concept was introduced to the relationship. Well, I'm not surprised. Uh, because it always ends up becoming, right, is the woman getting all the D she wants while their neckbeard husband attempts to drown out the noise by watching anime in the next <laughs> and, I, and listen, I know that's a generalisation, but it's probably true, because if you've seen the Louis Theroux documentary, not one of them looks like they're happy, except for all the women. <laughs> yeah. um, and there was even one where... They would sleep on either side of the women, and they were both D and D players. I watched that fucking documentary; it's interesting. Wow. <laughs> but they're, but they're, Louis's like looking at their sleeping arrangement. He's like, so, so like when she's facing away, how does that make you feel? And he's like, well, you know, I will sometimes put my hand on her back, uh, and that's quite <laughs> that's quite nice. That's quite nice. <laughs> and he's like, and then we played D and D. I've begun to think that there was something missing from this relationship. You'd think, right? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, um, so yeah, that's and these relationships are annoyingly usually leftist. So when it comes to the eternal struggle between bigots and art students, the art students aren't doing themselves any favors, especially when you consider that, according to the National Office for Statistics, 
one-fifth of Brits are polyamorous, and 97% of those also identified as being left-wing in some fashion. So the fact that the right-wing calls them cucks, and then a lot of them are cucks, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I mention all of this because in order to confidently say that Crystal Heart is a game for cucks, we need to answer three primary questions. One, does the game appear to appeal to someone who wears the horns of a cuckold, or a person that is likely to be in a polyamorous relationship? <laughs> Two, does the product have left-leaning sensibilities? And finally, does the product go to great lengths to be inoffensive and not hurt anyone's feelings? Hmm. I chose these para- parameters because the historical evidence mixed with the modern-day use of the term, I think, means somebody who's easily offended, someone whose wife sleeps with many men, and the evidence shows that people in those use- situations are usually lefties. Not always, but most of the time. Now, there's likely one pe- question people may think is missing, and is it does the product go to great lengths to be, you know, the 2021 definition of inclusive? And I can tell you right now that it does, but I don't think that that is inherently cucky. Right. So that doesn't matter. We're not going for that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and before I get into the book, I should state to people listening, I'm not anything, and I don't lean either way. I, I We're just... And I don't care about what anyone does, but we're just having a little bit of fun. Yeah. All right. We're just seeing it for mm. guys. So the book is for cucks, and we've gone back in history. And now you, as a listener, are more educated on cucks, and we're not prejudiced at all. But, no. but, but, but because we hate everyone equally. That's right. Yeah. That's everybody right. sucks. Uh, and that's right. Everybody sucks <laughs> except <laughs> the three people in this room. Yeah. That's right. I'm four. 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 Oh yeah. Well, hot, a little person. Yeah. You were going to call him half a person, you piece no, of shit. You did you hear? Look at him. No, he's so effective. He's asleep. Yes, he right. Let's get into the book, shall we? Yes. Now, before we start, uh, first up, but to do this review, I went on Drive Through RPG to buy the book, mm-hmm. and I had one of the most shocking revelations I've ever had in my life. <laughs> I typed in Crystal Heart into Drive Through yep. RPG. Yep. And there it was. What I saw shocked me to my core. You already own this product. <laughs> <laughs> this was like a scene in a horror movie right where the protagonist realises he was the killer all along mm-hmm. like he looks in the mirror and he's got blood in his hands <laughs> I was looking at it thinking could I be a cuck I asked myself as I stared into the computer screen and then I remembered all the late night greengrocers trips my wife has been making and how she's always having really sweaty I'm just gone for a run with her mate Jerome <laughs> <laughs> I don't and no, but to be fair, I don't remember buying this at all, and I don't I don't even know why I had it in my collection. <laughs> but uh, well, uh, that's but that's the truth, and I'm sticking to it, Your Honour. <laughs> <laughs> but here we are. So, Crystal Hearts, mate. Uh, just go, look, strap in because this, right, this is strap on, <clears throat> strap on, mate, because you're about to get fucked by your wife's special friend. <laughs> now, Crystal Hearts, the idea it was first conceived in a webcomic called Up to Four Players who did a series of com- I don't know why I'm doing that who did a series of comics <laughs> where the characters played Savage World mm-hmm, system the, the comic would flip between the players and the world itself and of course the world is like it's, it's really faggy now I know that it's offensive to say that but I'm gay so it's fine <laughs> um, anyway the premise of the whole thing is that it's a fantasy world with scientific technology where people's hearts manifest into little crystals shaping around their dreams and and their desires and there's a bunch of really powerful hearts that bad people littered around the world <laughs> fucking hell <laughs> uh, you know if, uh, if you say anything in that voice it makes it sound bad so but just pretend I didn't and make up your own mind yep but in order to harness the power of the crystals <laughs> the user must sacrifice their own heart to replacing it with the crystal so it's basically Steven's universe hmm 
Now, this is where I start to get start to get annoyed, and because I, I mean, no offense, I really don't. I can see they've tried hard with it, but the comics are really awful. They are really bad. The in-world stuff is written like a kids' book, and when the GM and players talk, it's like the writer Erin Av- Av- Erin Aviram has never met a real person in his life. Now, let me read part of this to you. So this is a scene from the comic where the GM is sitting with his players at a table and he says, With their fearsome powers, the agents of sin became a symbol of awe and authority throughout the world. They travel the five lands in their never-ending search for ancient tombs, forgotten burial mounds, and ruined cities. Since only within one of these may they find the mysterious crystals hidden behind countless traps, vicious monsters, and ancient curses. These are the agents of sin. Relentless, fearless, heartless. One of the players at the table replies, Yes, we'd love to play this campaign. So this implies that they didn't know what, what, like even slightly what was happening before they sat down at the table. The reply is ridiculous. GMs <laughs> never write descriptions like that. It's, and they don't pitch the game to the people at the table when they're already there. <laughs> yeah. Because what if you turn up and you went, by the way, this is the game we're playing. They go, oh, no, thanks. Yeah, they don't like that. That never that. happens. Yeah. You contact them before and say, by the way, I'm starting this up. Do you want to join? You're up for it, yeah. And yeah. But, but then you have but, a bit of like uh, outside of fucking game table chit chat. Yeah. It? Right, exactly. Um, so he's just gone, by the way, now you're round. Uh, do you want to play four hours of D&D? Or Savage Worlds in this case. But And the artwork really fucking sucks too. And we'll get to that, but it, this is basically like the author patting himself on the back, right? Because in this particular scene, he's, he's done this great description and then he's drawn, well, the, his girlfriend's drawn all the characters looking so enthralled by the great words. It's a little scene. one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So he's just he's just giving himself a big pat on the back for such a brilliant idea. Now, you think I might be being needlessly harsh to the artwork and things like this, but listen to this. So Savage Worlds has been PG-13 only for a while now, and I think that served to make the product actively worse. Yeah. But that's likely the reason they then hired up to four players to make official tutorials within the pages of the Crystal Heart webcomic. And if you think this dialogue was bad already, let me lay this gem on you. And this extract is uh, from their comic about tests of wills in Savage Worlds. Um, so he, the GM says new round guys I, I actually was going to act this out with Sean but he's not here so he says new round guys you're first and the beast is right after you then it's you James and then the player replies I'm basically invulnerable right now thanks to my heightened armour so I'm going to draw its attention to me ooh a test of wills I love that rule right nobody has ever the rules are probably the worst thing about RPGs we, we have them because they're necessary <laughs> nobody has ever said I love that rule I love rule. that rule no. <laughs> and no one's ever exclaimed that ooh a test of wills to which the player replies indeed it is I know it's an opposed role of my intimidate against the beast spirit who speaks like that <laughs> Nobody speaks like it's like I get that you're trying to explain it, but why not just have you know like a, a sort of n- narrator text box? Yeah, yeah. saying here's what's happening, blah blah blah. This is what. But, yeah, uh, and for, be like, like oh cat- yes, I like to do that, and he goes right now here the player can do this. And but that. the GM has said that he loves that rule, like which that implies rule. that he knows what the rule is. But the player feels the need to explain it to him right back anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody stupid. And nobody. And it gets worse, right? Because on their opening pages of how the How to Play Savage Worlds comics, right? Here's here's another panel. It, so he's already pitched the game to his players, right? And uh, which is weird enough uh, as it is. But he, he's he's with all of his players who look different in his panel for some reason. He says it's time to play Savage Worlds. It's simple to learn and easy to use. Known for being fast, furious, and fun, you can play anything with Savage Worlds. But it's especially suited for high adventure, high energy games with a bit of pulp and fantasy. 
Now, who says that as well? You turn up to play the game, and he's holding the book up saying this. <laughs> I mean, that's what Nick first did when he introduced it to us, didn't he? I'm not sure that he did, James. No, he didn't. The guy that, <laughs> he did guy that the hat, I like the oh. guy of the hat that says, I want to jump off Zeppelins and fight laser gorillas. It's so try-hard. It makes... And, and the GM replies, that's the spirit. That's the spirit. It's like, what is this? A fucking commercial from the 70s. I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's like pure Mr. Rogers shit, and that will yeah. become relevant later. But now the artwork was heavily, heavily criticised for possessing that inconceivable cucky quality, <laughs> being for wimps and looking really lame. Now, I will say t- on a technical level, the art is very good. Yes. But it's the style of it <clears throat> that, yeah. make, that gives it cucky quality. Now, I sent you some some pictures from the book as well mm-hmm. and it's it, okay right All, okay she's obviously a very good artist the lady that's drawn it yes she possesses a great technical ability but the style is like that of a modern kids cartoon yes and specifically yeah. it does that thing where fat characters are never drawn as fat they're drawn as round sexy and curvy yeah <laughs> do you know what I mean <laughs> yeah like and it just, it looks like the most childish shit. If I bought, bought this book to the table and showed it to you, you'd be like, oh, well, oh, so it's like, like it's a kids, kids game, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so when it came out, a lot of people were saying, oh, yeah, yeah, like, like you know, it's, it's, it's a game for kids. And the writers got really annoyed at that because they were like, no, it isn't. It's got adult themes and all of this. And yeah, it's like, as a no, yeah, but yeah, so portray it. Yeah. Like exactly. That, then. Exactly. That's the problem. There's there seems to be a disconnect from what they were trying to convey and what has actually been drawn. It's because they. Were, I if, I, is, if I was going to go for that quite fluffy art style, then I'd make the actual dialogue in the in the captions quite gritty to balance it out a bit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like 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 the show Happy, maybe. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. But I, I I think yeah, and you you kind of hit on a good point there because I think it's not helped by how shit the writing is. Yeah, honestly, no. because because the way the the scenes that he's come up with, there are actually very few ways to draw that in a way that doesn't look shit because. Mm. really those situations are ridiculous and they don't make any sense and actually some of the in-game artwork where it's just of the world and people fighting is kind of cool but it still does look very 90s and very kiddie so the art is not very good and I mean in terms of technical ability it is absolutely brilliant but the style of it is really kiddie and that's what gave it the reputation and amongst Savage World Circles it became known as the Mr. Rogers RPG (laughs) comparing it to the children's educational show from 1968 (laughs) Now, the author of the book, as I mentioned, clapped back against it, saying that it dealt with adult themes and reminding us that there was a small amount of blood in one panel of the entire comic. But anyway, it's possible that since the comic, Aaron Aviram has eventually learned how to write and that the art isn't representative of the actual product itself. So let's get into it. So, So in the intro, the book cites its inspiration as being Mistborn by Brandon Sanderson, which is a rubbish series of fantasy books for children, Pokemon, <laughs> what, and Final Fantasy VII. So this adult book is uh, right. Is by it's a children's book uh, and a uh, children's, children's cartoon children's and, and a, a game that a can video be, game. A, a video game that is for all ages. <laughs> yeah, but they did say specifically the only aspect from Final Fantasy VII which is similar because that actually does have some adult themes. The only uh, aspect is similar is that in that game you put crystals into your weapons to give them powers. Oh, right, That's okay. it. Right. Oh, right. 
so, so it's not, not looking good. It's not looking good. <laughs> and so we already know about the crystal hearts and shit. But one detail, one one detail, one detail, one detail, one detail. Is that the players in this game belong to an organization called S Sin, spelled S Y N? Okay. Ooh. Now it's the job of this lot to track down bad crystals, which would have been a better name for the game. Yeah. <laughs> bad yeah. crystal. Bad crystals. And stop yeah. them from falling into the wrong hands. And this also means that such crystals are used by Sin and installed into its employees to help them fight bad guys. Ooh. These crystals also turn the world around them into whatever theme they inhabit. For example, when tracking down an a, a incredibly powerful ice crystal, the area is probably going to be uh, icy oh, or right. frozen. And that leads to some cool adventure hooks, and I quite like them. Mm. Because the example stated in the book is that a fire crystal being dropped into the ocean, perhaps somebody was trying to get rid of it, and then suddenly volcanoes are sprouting up in uh, yeah, ice, uh, like, cool. like island nations, yep, which is actually cool. really fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Now, just like Avatar, Raya, The Last Dragon, Ruby, Shinara, Orang, Record of Lodos War, Earthsea, The World of the Five Gods, and many, many, many more, where the fantasy land is divided in just, to, just into a few nations, Crystal Heart is no different, and it's divided into five distinct countries. And you know what, fantasy authors, we get why you do this, right? Because it makes your life easier, but please, for fuck's sake, try something different. <laughs> So the five lands of Generica in uh, Crystal Heart are basically Swampland, Forest World, and a bunch of island uh, continents of nothing but plains and a poison sea. Now, the names are so bloody generic. So the Swampland is called Bogovia, and the Forest Land is called Fjordstad, which is basically like Norwegian, I think, for forest city. Mm -hmm. And this is where the level of imagination I've come to expect from uh, Iram at this point. And this is where the rest of the book sort of follows suit. While the crystal idea is very good, every elaboration of the world from this point on is going to make you cringe, so strap on, lads, because I'm trying to get on. (laughs) For example, when Sin invented the harness, which is the technology that allows an employee's heart to be swapped in with another better one, they made a shocking discovery. Having someone else's heart would result in unwanted feelings. Not like corruption or mutation or sickness or something cool, do you know what I mean? But yeah. emotions. <laughs> so downtime of this game, and this isn't me this isn't me projecting this on it. Downtime in this game consists largely of getting therapy and talking about your emotions oh, to your colleagues. And here are little subsystems in there for doing it. I'm not I'm not even joking. Uh, why? Because this because this game well, no, we can't conclude yet. I'm not going to say it's for cucks, but it's looking a bit cucky. <laughs> <laughs> it's looking a bit cucky. Right, so downtime, you have an. It's literally system. downtime. You're down in the dumps because you've got somebody else's heart and you can't. And it's all the emotions. What if they've. Uh, what, if, what if the heart that he had uh, got some pretty bad emotions? Well, yeah, like, but that's not the reason. Well, like if you accidentally sort of whacked a heart in there and you're like, uh oh, get Imagine if you I think got, this guy might have been a pedophile. Getting these urges. <laughs> I mean, that would be better. You get Hitler's heart in there, and then your little mustache comes up. You're like, oh, what the fuck? I, can't, I keep doing this gesture with my arm, and I don't know what it means. And you look at Wikipedia. Ah, oh dear. The I mean, history that, that would be fun. Yeah. If you, if that's, you, that's, that's, what absorbed, that's interesting. Then. If you absorbed traits, well, well wicked traits. Well, but in this, you're like, oh, but I love them. But I don't. No, no, it's not that. It's, it is actually that they can be on, unwanted, or you're dealing with somebody else's baggage in addition to yours. Like. Mm. Maybe, um, you know, your character's got a dark backstory, but in his heart you've put into, they watched their mother die <laughs> in the war. In the war. So, right. so they carry that. that weight, but they don't understand it. Right. Now, consider this, right? Sin is a highly secretive organisation whose recruitment process consists of, as it says in the book, petitioning people who come near the building. <laughs> Oi! 
Right, so you're a bit close. Picture the scene. Can I interest you? In <laughs> <laughs> right. You want to join a secret organisation? Uh, no, it's not a secret organisation. Unless you say yes. <laughs> Come closer. Come closer. People right here are stalking. Right, why don't you pass that line? That's it. So you're living your life, taking mm-hmm. a wagon, wagon of grain to the local grain competition. When you pass a monolithic technological marvel of a building that you can scarcely understand, and a voice comes through a speaker asking you to join, despite knowing nothing about you, this shadow organisation where they will cut out your heart, but it's fine because they claim they'll give you a new one and that they have the technology to do. Oh, yeah, sure. Something great. you have never, ever heard of happening before. Do you join? <laughs> yeah, mate. Yeah, sure, yeah. Yeah, well, so you want to kill me and put me in a new heart? Yeah. Bit laugh, mate. Wait, yeah. you want to take my heart out? Uh, Seems legit, right? Yeah, no worries. I think that this is the reason that the character creation starts off with a section entitled Reasons to Join and Motivations to Stay. <laughs> As even, even Aaron Aviram, he knows his concept makes no bloody sense. At this point, he's already done 10 pages, so he's too deep to back out. Now, the three reasons it gives for joining are as follows. One, it's the right thing to do. Two, you can... Having your heart taken out and replaced, that sounds like the right thing to do. It does. Especially if like you've got a family, yeah, yeah, get you in know. there right now. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, two, you can gain massive power. Three, you have no other choice. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> oh, you could use all. Th- you could yeah. use all three to be fair. So it's like so as the as the tannoy like gets louder when the person gets Listen, closer. You better it's do like, this. The world it's is look, it. mate, It's the right thing to do. Um, oh, did I mention you can gain massive power? And, and also, by the way, our bodyguard Steve's behind you. you so you're over the line now. You've got no other choice. Wait, <laughs> wait why, 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 why? Can I interject, right? Why so I the fuck it's a cult. Sorry. Why yeah. the fuck has they like done this? Surely, surely. <laughs> question the um the world itself the people in it everyone should be aware of it well, if it's then, the right thing it's now well no because not the, the trouble is is that a lot of very powerful hearts are kept within the organization so they need to remain secretive which means that their recruitment process is deeply deeply flawed now i'm in agreement right with the fact that it's the right thing to do because the world is in is in trouble okay. from things that normal people scarcely understand. Mm-hmm. But if a big metal box in the middle of the woods told me about some sinister <laughs> thing going on that I'd never previously heard of, I'm un- unlikely to believe it. I mean, the recruitment process has about much as much credibility as a man in an alley asking you to join a cult when you notice his penis is out. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's the right thing to do, and he's just pointed at it. He's like, "Come on, mate, we're saving the world here." <laughs> Come on, now, get, on your, got a choice. get on your knees. <laughs> I don't mind him, no. But right. tug it. So, and also, um, I think they really missed one reason you might join, though. Uh, retardation. <laughs> because No, wait, I'm not being offensive here, because think about it. You would have to be deeply, deeply mentally challenged to believe any of this and go ahead with it. <laughs> so you would have to have actual mental issues, right? <laughs> now, no offence to anyone that's retarded, because I am as well. Yeah. So I can't be offensive. Bonafide fact. We all I, I am retarded and gay. Um, <laughs> now, with this section over, we know what kind of characters you play. Idiots that will believe in anything and... <laughs> have an incredibly low regard for personal safety. <laughs> yep. But what about races? Well, there aren't any races per se in the game as there are cultures and it gives some examples and believe me lads, this is fantastic. <laughs> now, I know I said I wouldn't speak about quote unquote inclusivity but they have gone to great lengths to include a variety of races and sort of base them on real world examples and they show some examples below. Now the bog people are a stereotype of Eastern Europeans and being from Eastern European descent I I take umbrage to that <laughs> Poland may be a shithole but it's not a bog it's not a bog <laughs> um, and uh, yeah and the forest people are a stereotype of Norwegian people basically you know elven guys with yep. long blonde hair and blue eyes and the island people are Hawaiian stereotypes even down to being overweight well now that now this is all great but what's great is the Zingama people who are basically the black 
stereotype. And I'll put that in big letters on my notes here. Because like the uninsightful reductivist idiot's view of black people nowadays, like the stupid assumption that all cultures with the same skin colour are the same. Do you know what I mean? It's like all black people are the same. African-Americans, you know, people from fucking Kenya. They're all all the same. They're black guys. And and so that's what they've done. They sort of boiled it down to one black race. And here's the fucking description. And this is going to blow your mind. They live in the jungle in urban settlements along rivers and are obsessed with fads changing their clothes style and their slang with whatever is popular at the time now Oi, that's mate. not world class accidental racism I don't no, know that's world class fucking intentional racism I don't think it was intentional but I think they've tried to take a sincere look at what quote unquote black culture is and this is what they've come up with it's so bad okay but fuck me like who's on their board who's on their playtest who proofread it they're all white <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, oh yeah, this is this is pretty accurate. I know a guy. He lives, oh, yeah, in, a, yeah, yeah, he lives yeah. in a jungle and he loves he loves night. He loves fads. Yeah, Jesus. I mean, and don't even get me started on the Asian continent, who seem to be solely based on Mongolia. <laughs> but it's it's fucking incredible. And this is only page eleven, lads. <clears throat> this what? is like so we, we've we've had racism. We've had the worst recruit, recruitment process known to man. <laughs> And uh, yeah, and now we uh, now we get the the Asian content uh, <laughs> continent, which is insanely uh, racist. But the game uses Savage Worlds as a base, so you then do the Savage Worlds character creation shit as normal. You've chosen your race, you've chosen your uh, uh, type of retar- retardation for joining uh, mm-hmm. sin, <laughs> and uh, you move on. So Shows they do sa- the Savage Worlds character creation shit as normal, including edges, hindrances, and whatever. Now, the book is very careful to point out that hindrances, even the worst ones, like blind, elderly, and so on, are actually good reasons to join Sin, because you can dedicate your time with them to finding a new heart, which cures whatever it is you've got going on. However, hindrances like bloodthirsty, mean, or evil vows will not be allowed within the Sin organization. What? Now, my question is this. If I have an evil vow or a hindrance where I'm driven to fuck sin up maybe because I think people going near this mysterious building and disappearing for months you know I've seen that going on <laughs> do you think I'm going to tell sin that that's my plan no. do you think that's going to be no. operation number one as no. soon as I get in there no. well, full disclosure guys <laughs> by the way uh, everyone's there on recruitment day right uh, by the way guys if you have got any evil plans uh, you're going to have to tell us now because if you have I'm sorry but you can't join uh, you Darth Evil no, not me. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, if you could go to the heart chopping room, please. <laughs> Imagine if in Squid Game the guy that was looking for his missing missing brother just announced that he was doing it right at the start of the bloody thing. That's basically what sin operatives expect from people. Um, they would have just shot him and thrown his body into the water. Yeah. Um, not only that, but the recruitment policies of sin are so loose that I'd estimate about ninety percent of the people working there are probably for there for shit reasons, right? <laughs> This is further evidenced by the fact that the enemy hindrance, which is modified now, instead of it being some real actual threat, it has become, uh, it's, it's now someone from inside the organisation who wants to make you look bad, right? Oh. So there are people within the organisation that care so little, apparently, about the world being fucked up uh, uh, by uh, en- world-ending super crystals buried under the earth, that they're willing to fuck your efforts up to save the world just for a laugh because they don't like <laughs> I mean, if you are joining because you have some ailment, sin is so tech-heavy that most disabilities are taken care of. The slow hindrance is negated by a wheelchair somehow, by the way. <laughs> what? You're travelling through fucking swamps and fucking shit like that. No, it's fine, you got a wheelchair. Zoom! <laughs> the one-arm hindrance is negated by prosthetics, and for some bizarre reason, the poverty hindrance is just flat-out banned. 
when can't be poor. <laughs> yeah, you can't. No, 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 you can't. No, there is a reason for this. But bear in mind, poverty, uh, the hindrance affects your starting gear. Yes. So what the fuck are we doing here? Yeah. Aaron, have you read the Savage Worlds book? Uh, anyway, I mean, that one, as I said, you know, the uh, poverty hindrance I get because gear is provided by sin. But the way they go about that is really fucking shit as well. <laughs> Anyway, what about new edges, mechanical flair, and special abilities for your characters? Well, there's an edge called the Zingamanian nationalism, because you're a proud nationalist, which is already in Savage Worlds, except it's a hindrance, because being racist is usually a problem. (laughs) But in this case, if you're a racist, but you're a black racist, then... Well, that's good. That's but, but is that the only one that they've put in? No, there's 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 some other ones as well. But you know, it, it's but they've singled that one out. That's dumb, right? And and if you think that they haven't uh, uh, patronised black people enough already, the black people enough already, let me uh, let me just uh, read the description for the uh, proud nationalist here. Oh fuck! Zingama is the best. Be proud, Zingamayans. All the other peoples only believe in their families, tribes, and cities. They don't really understand what it's like to be part of something larger and grander than themselves. <laughs> fuck off. What Man, fuck why? It's so patronising. Why, um, why can't it just be like... Uh, why does it have to be singled out? Why can't it be one that can apply to any of them? Oh, well, yeah. Well, that's, uh, that's a very good point, James. Like, for example, the nationalism or the jingoistic edge in Savage Worlds that's already there. Yeah. Well, it's a hindrance, but... Yeah, but you're just really overly, overly because, patriotic, that's mm, it. Right? Yeah, and it's usually... Sort of hating other cultures is not usually considered to be a bad thing. But in this setting, if you want to play actual Al-Qaeda, you can take a positive edge from it. <laughs> <laughs> I love my country. What? No, this is just my special vest. <laughs> <laughs> the trouble with uh, this game is that every few pages you find something that drives you mental. For example, he's gone to great efforts to make the signature move edge, and it's a convoluted mess. The idea is is that you have some kind of special move, right? And nobody else does, like the people's elbow or something like <laughs> <Yeah>. that, right? <laughs> um, and uh, so signature moves, they must include a motto, a name, something you say as you do it, so some meaningless tactically backwards choreography now i have no problem with any of that right but in savage worlds or indeed any game you can trap existing skills and narrate them as a signature move mm. for example i could take the sweep edge and call it the psycho crusher and when i do it i tell the gm that i'm running around all the enemies uh, like that bit in the matrix you know where he's doing their circular <laughs> yeah. kicks yeah right and then that's that becomes a signature move so the trappings are already included yeah. in savage worlds as a thing mm-hmm. but he finds a need to put an edge it's basically already in the bloody game in there as well and, and as i mentioned like so anything can be a signature move and it's as easy as that but with crystal heart it needs to be laden with meaningless rubbish this edge takes up a whole bloody page <laughs> So when you want to do your signature move, you have to nail the choreography first. So first you roll to do the meaningless flips and the announcement of the move by blurting it out for everyone to hear. <sighs> and succeeding on this gives you a plus on the roll. Failing makes it harder. Now, why would I pick this ability that I could easily fuck up and not say dirty fighter, trademark weapon, marksman, or any number of edges that just make your character better without a failure state? <laughs> It's not a bloody edge. It's no, a hindrance, if anything. Yeah. You're flipping around doing but loads you of... To- <laughs> <laughs> smash a row. But do you know what? That would be a good hindrance. Yeah, Signature yeah. move. Because you have to do that yeah, to you pull have, off the signature move. When you yell Hadouken, you have to yell it. Yeah. And it gives them plus one to their toughness yeah. to avoid it. Because I know it's coming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's stupid. I don't think they've read Savage Worlds. That's the problem. Oh. They've not... No, they've probably read it. They haven't played it. They haven't played it. it. 
No. No, 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 no. Too busy uh, drawing rubbish comics. Now... <laughs> being racist. <laughs> if you want to play a grandstanding twat, right, you know, who who does that type of stuff, as we just discussed, that's a good That's a good thing. That's a funny trait, especially in a cartoony game. Mm. But a text for this edge is uh, nearly, a, nearly a full page, as I said. And if you really want to cringe, here's the book's example of a signature move. Moona's leaping strike requires her to climb on something large like a table or a pile of rocks and then jump onto an enemy while shouting battle strike battle strike battle strike wait 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 that table's not tall enough that one will do battle strike well there's not enough distance for me to shout it in this Uh, entirely could you move back a bit just stop everybody stop what they're doing battle strike here we go (laughs) but you know what like uh, also, could you have picked two more generic words to put uh, together? Uh, when are you going to use you... it outside of a battle? And if it's a hit, it's always going to be a strike. Call it like thunder, fire thunder. Fuck it. So, fire, fire, fire yeah. thunder. Does that mean you couldn't have a signature move that's stealthy? That's just a fact. Well, that's it. That's the point. Yeah, so, yeah, do... so, what I want to do is I want to crawl up onto this really quiet place. I'm going to wait. And as soon as that person comes out, I want to do my signature move. But it's like, no, but you need to do a backflip first. Well, and then a, mate, a, and a then good, then another it. good point. Because <laughs> right. I just drop down and go, I'm going to get Thunder strike. Huh? Ah! <laughs> well, that's another good point. If if I wanted to do that, I'd just take the fucking assassin edge and make that my signature move. But there you go. What if two people have the same name? Uh, well, no, you can't do that. Game's broken. You get kicked out. No, Game's sin. broken. You get kicked out of sin. You <laughs> again, mate. That's a rule number one. Now, 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 if you think the game is already shit, right? We're gonna dive into probably the shittest, stupidest part. So let's talk about gear for a minute. So as a group, right? You start with a tank. A tank, a, tank? a literal tank, what? capable of holding six crystal hearts independently of any living body. So that means Sin have the tech to implant these crystals into any old shit, like a toaster. <laughs> so why the fuck are we putting them in people then? <laughs> Risking them taking the negative traits of the crystal when we could just easily put them into a toaster or just a mobile make the phone toaster and then just fire out <laughs> Mate. Also, if a tank has the power of six player characters, why would you ever get out of the tank? In it. Because uh, the tank's because the tank's um, starts going. Oh man, I've got so many feelings. <laughs> got so many feelings been put in me. <laughs> Gets yep. really down. So, so then the downtime, drag. The downtime. You, you see a tank sitting on like one of those shades and oranges in a fucking therapist's office. It's Taurus <laughs> moving. Kind of I, don't, I don't know, man. It just used to be about the war, you know. <laughs> sitting next to me, like, like hitting a bit sweat beads. <laughs> I've seen all my tank brothers die. <laughs> yeah, like sweaty tank. <laughs> Now, let's say, for example, right, you have a tank and embedded within it, you have burst, blast, entanglement, havoc, field, and armor, and so on. Mm. There wouldn't be any force in the world that could fucking take you on. <laughs> and speaking of gear, if a tank isn't enough to get you out of most situations, bar dungeon diving, the game doesn't use money. Instead, you get gear via acquisitions. Now, this isn't a bad idea, and a lot of good Savage World settings doing do it by using the wealth die roll included within the Savage World system. <laughs> in fact, we used it in Tough Guys, and it was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it was. It's really good, and it cuts down on boring item tracking and shopping. You just roll for it, and your wealth die has a chance to go down every time you roll to get a piece of gear to a smaller dice, eventually leading to you, to you being broke and mm-hmm. having to do something to get out of it. Now, going out and getting shit done may then increase this die by virtue of having you having been rewarded in some way. In Crystal Fart... <laughs> You get requisition points by doing missions, recovering crystals, or doing bulletin board requests. Now, requisition points become a modifier for your roll to ask for gear. But instead of using the wealth die, where you can go up and down and all of that, you just roll an appropriate skill like battle. You effectively convince the organisation that you need the gear. But you know why the wealth die goes up and down? Because 
I could just max out battle or thievery and all my requests for gear are almost never going to be denied. <laughs> especially when you especially when you factor in that all characters start with one point of requisition and get more and more as they level up. But they also get bonus ones for doing cool shit. So say for example you have a mission to recover a, a crystal from a mine and at the same time someone has put a request for iron ore and a tube of Pringles. You do the side shit finish the mission, retrieve the crystal, that's three points on top of the one you already start with, meaning that's an automatic success because you only need to hit a four and you get, as the book puts it, every piece of gear you asked for. Oh, you don't roll it for each individual. What? You do it as a group. So all you do is you lose two requisition points. So what is what incentive do you not have, what incentive do you have for not going absolutely mental on the gear? Yeah, that's it. You just get everything. So Everything you asked for. Exactly. <laughs> so... You could start out with several thousand rocket launchers, a couple yep. of tanks, some thick-ass armour. Well, you still roll, and while it would be impossible to fail, you could still crit fail. And you can never ask for the same shit again. The Quartermaster basically becomes your enemy, so he's the one that bullies you in the corridors now. <laughs> and he'll be a dick to you from now on. But that... In, uh, but th now that's incentive enough, right? But it's quite rare. And also, what's to stop the next guy in the queue for just asking for the same shit? I go, oh, sorry, I failed to get the 1,000 rocket launchers. James, can you just ask him? And I want 1,000 rocket launchers. And he's like, fuck off, you fucking piece of shit. And then James, you turn off. He's like, James, hey, I'm a guy, man. Yeah, great. Uh, you want a couple of rocket launchers? <laughs> hey, I got it for you. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, yeah, so it's, pretty, so it's awful, right? It's pretty mm -hmm. awful. Well, but basically, there is no incentive not to do it. But uh, so, if what if you run out of requisition points? Uh oh, well, now there's, there's a chance you could fail. But guess what? Even if you fail, you still get the stuff you asked for. The only difference is, is that you get some complication, and they're totally weak. The gear you get is usually usable, but with some minor penalties. Or you may gain another enemy because the gear had to be taken from someone else. <laughs> John down the road didn't want to give up his rocket So launcher. somebody could be mid-mission and suddenly their courier turns up and goes, give me that. Pass it over. Why? Because Fingy asked for no, it. We're using it to save this. So look, they're burning. Yeah, Everyone's <laughs> dying. There's a crystal destroying Steve the asked for it. Just give me the tank. Give me the fucking tank. Just give me the tank. I don't care if it's crying. <laughs> yeah, I don't care if it really wants to go into battle. Apparently the relationships at Sin are so fragile that just about anything you do will make people hate you. And the final, <laughs> final nail in the shit coffin, other players can use support roles to requisition shit, so there's very little chance that you're not going to get what you want, and even if you don't get it, the worst that could happen is that you gain some minor setback, so you really have no reason not to go buck wild. And the downside to the apparent vast wealth of gear and equipment that is while you use it, it becomes your responsibility, and if it gets damaged, you'll be docked to requisition points. So all you need to do to negate this is just make sure you complete a mission. You'll come back with a net zero point score anyway. But who gives a fuck? With support rolls, Benny's, min-max battle stats, you're getting all the shit you wanted anyway. And if you don't get it, you'll be becoming you get something equally good anyway. <laughs> and now we'll move on in a bit. But let's say you do get a complication and some flawed gear. What's to stop you from just giving it right back and asking for a better one? Fuck that. <laughs> just roll with them. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it's not good enough. It's really bad. Yeah. I'm, I'm your customer. That's weird, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And you know, like, think about it. Think about it. Like, like the wealth tie rules are already there, man. Yeah. Why not use them? Don't, why don't they you work. Read the book? They're That's absolutely why it fine. Exists. It works. Yeah. Absolutely fine. But the good thing is, though, uh, Aaron Aviram, he he knows better, right? I don't, I don't want to rag on the guy because he's quite nice. I've met him in real life. I was going to say, once. did we meet him? We, once? We, yeah, we met yeah, him yeah. at Dragon Meat. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> And they seem quite nice. They were very nice. But I've got to be honest, when somebody has shaved sides of the head and pink hair, they're, ooh, my cut alarm bells are ringing. But no, he seemed really nice. And I'm not having a go at him. He's just not very good at this. Oh, there goes the microphone. <laughs>
Boom, successful. The setting itself isn't really, really, well, it is really, really awful, but there's some salvageable bits. It's just that when he gets to the point where he thinks he knows better than the people that design the game, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, there is a requisition system in all of this already, but I do my own one where it's rabbish. <laughs> That's how he speaks, by the way. Um, now... <laughs> We weren't going to move on from rec- requisitions, but, but I, I think I've, I've, I've rinsed it enough, and it is the worst thing about the game. Now, there are some things which are just straight up, you know, purchased using requisition points. For example, the locations of evil crystals. All right. I get the idea that the organisation will only loan gear to people if they think it's necessary and will be taken good care of, but why the fuck are the locations of the supposed extinction entities locked behind a paywall? <laughs> Oh, look, this town's in trouble, mate. People are dying left, right and centre. But have you got enough requisition points? Because <laughs> otherwise you can't go on a mission. <laughs> and meanwhile, everyone's sitting there. Like, Help oh. us! Right, can you get, go to the bulletin board now and take that request for Pringles and go and get him some Pringles because because otherwise I can't send you on a mission, you know? It's, it's bloody stupid. You know how it works. So it's like policemen in real life having to buy the cases. <laughs> no, but that's stupid because you should be allowed to try and complete whatever mission you fucking want. It's like in um, in Breath of the Wild. You said you just got to the end of it as soon as possible, but mm. then you just you can't defeat him. So you have to but go you back. But you allowed to try. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, they the, the sort of in-game reason for this is that you kind of have to work your way up to cases with more responsibility and that the requisition points just just um, represent uh, you moving up the chain but sort of levelling up already does that yeah. uh, that's why they call it ranks um, so yeah anyway uh, r- rubbish stupid um, so they're effectively making it easier for their gems to fall into the hands of evil people and speaking of evil people remember that any fucking cunt and their dog can join sin and just not tell them that they're evil so how easy would it be to requisition a bunch of gear burn the building to the ground buy a bunch of uh, locations of crystals and take them for yourself <laughs> if you're evil put them in a tank this this corporation is about as paper thin as one ply toilet <laughs> roll. Cheap paper, yeah. It's one ply. One ply. <laughs> Half a ply. And if you think the gear is just a bunch of lazily renamed shit from the core book, you'd be dead wrong. <laughs> oh, except you aren't wrong. Sorry, I'm getting a bit of a word from our producers here. You are right. Um, so, what do you call a sword in this setting, mate? I mean, this is this is genius. What they come up with a slasher. Uh, no, a it's cutting a, man. No, it's a sin sword. Oh, fuck. Oh, right. I mean, mechanically, it's exactly the same. But no, wait, because they've changed the name. Is it branded? So is it made by Sin? Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's got the logo on it. Yeah. It's got the logo on it. It doesn't add any extra power. It's like Nerf. Does it work like... <laughs> does it work like... The, <laughs> like the Acme Dynamite. The yeah. Wiley Do you know what? No, knowing, knowing how good Sin are actually operating, it probably does. A Sin yeah. sword is probably like a Nerf sword. Yeah. <laughs> look, look, with the way this wall's carrying on, somebody's going to get hurt. We've, we're giving out foam swords only. Don't upset that one, yeah. Um, and a whip. Is a Zynga Mayan whip, and they will do the same thing. So why fucking bother? Just say use the gear from the book. Um, I mean, it even goes as far as calling a boat a sin boat. Fuck sake! You know who the boat belongs to. They gave it to you. Boat of sin. Yeah, Uh, to me, yeah, sin boat is a very different and sexy thing. (laughs) So magic in Savage Worlds is brilliant. Brilliant, you know, it's functional. It works well. It's easy to get. And if I was making this game, I'd do one of two things. You know, I'd make each crystal hold a number of spells, edges, and stat boosts, and so on. You know, like each one is a little package Mm -hmm. that you can install into your character. That's pretty cool. And each would come with our own hindrance to simulate the personality of the uh, previous user swooping into your heart. Now that took me a paragraph to come up with. (laughs) 
and the book takes 27 fucking pages. Uh, fucking Deadlands doesn't take 27 pages, <laughs> oh and that God. had about 6,000 arcane backgrounds in it. And in fact, Low Life has nine arcane backgrounds, and it managed to sum that up in 10 pages. So mm. I'm not going to go through all the rules for the crystals because I don't want to, but um, here's, <laughs> here's a summary. <laughs> each Kristen... Each crystal... Each Kristen... Uh, each Kristen... Hi, uh, no, uh, it has a rank, basically <laughs> meaning you have to be a certain level to use them, and each one is themed in some way. So it'll give you a bunch of shit similar to what I mentioned there. The, you, if it has an edge you already have, then uh, all numerical values on their edge go up by one. Now that's fine, but what if you're using an edge that has no numerical values? Common Bond, Beastmaster, MacGyver, Quick Draw, Steady Hand, Sidekick, and Stow on, Stow on, and right? Stow on. <laughs> so that, so that's fu- that's a fucking stupid, ill thought out rule as well. Mm-hmm. But of course, there's a lot of crystals that come with some power from Savage Worlds Core. And once again, Aaron Aviram thinks he knows better than the official Savage Worlds designers and modifies almost all of them. So there's no sp- nice power cards. You got Savage Worlds box set. You can chuck those right in the fucking bin. <laughs> I mean, now you aren't limited just to the use of the power in the crystal. Oh, God, no, that'd be too fun and simple. Instead, you can use any power you want at any time as long as it fits in with the theme of the crystal. And by the way, any power fits with the theme because you can trap spells in Savage Worlds. Oh, they all fit. So if you... Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to wake you up. He's mad too. So I'll tell you how, right? Let's say I have a love-themed crystal, mm-hmm. and I want the, Z- the zombie spell, you know, uh, which is a necromantic, you know, bringing the dead back to life, you know, evil spell. Mm-hmm. Well, I just, you know, I just trap it that uh, I-, I resurrect people to give them one last look at the land they loved. Oh. So you can trap anything to any crystal. Yeah. So they rendering the entire point of the book pointless. So the court's conceit of this game is that the crystals give you powers and abilities, and you're better off just never. Uh, ever using the actual powers it gives you because by spending a Benny you get the chance to learn a new power via the crystal forever <laughs> so the players in this game have an undefeatable tank all the spells in the entire world all the gear they could possibly want and even if you fail um, to try and learn a spell by spending a Benny you can just take a level of fatigue and succeed anyway what? so what? Yeah, so you just be a bit tired, have a bit of food, move on. <laughs> now, there's a bunch of stupid, pointless rules about installing crystals and what happens when you go near a magnet, but I hate all of it so much, so let's just have a look at one or two of the crystals from the book, shall we? Yeah. There's one called... Oh, actually, do you know what? I can't fucking be bothered. They are pointless, right? Uh, Jingle. Basically, each of them takes up half a page of meaningless information. There's one called Jingle. It looks like a rainbow. Another drawback to this... <laughs> like Rambo? It, no, it looks like a like rainbow. John Rambo. It looks like a rainbow. A rainbow. Uh, but it would be cool if it, if it just sat in the middle of your chest. <laughs> uh, but another drawback, basically, of the uh, central mechanic of the book is each crystal takes up half a page of information. So you need to print all of these out because you couldn't. there's no way you could fit it on any character sheet. And then it's actually a pretty cool bestiary in here, and the plot point campaign isn't terrible. It's set over eight missions, and it's about a bunch of nutters trying to unify all the countries in the world into one landmass, believing that this will create a unified society. But to be honest, I've I have run out of steam, and this book so it sucks so much monkey dong. I'm bored of it. <laughs> so that's where we're going to leave it. Right back to our original quest: Is this game for cucks? Now, let's go over the parameters one more time, and then we'll go for a little break, lads. Okay. Does the game appear to appeal to somebody who wears the horns of a cuckold, or a person that is likely to be in a polyamorous relationship? 
Does the product have left-leaning sensibilities? And finally, does the product go to great lengths to be inoffensive and not hurt anyone's feelings? Well, to the first point, right, lads? And we'll, we'll all jump in and discuss this, but I don't suppose it has many cucky elements behind, beyond the super cuck-like art, but here's some food for, food for thought, right? You replace your heart with the heart of another and take on abilities and personality traits linked to that heart. Mm-hmm. While a big portion of your personality still remains, when you have sex with your wife in this situation, can you truly say hand on heart that it's you doing all of the work? <laughs> hand, on, hand on someone else's hand on heart. Crystal heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but not only that, it's like, you know, like the way that they are cucking the Savage World's rules. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. They're sort of they're, they're sort of yeah. cucking your mind. Uh, but no, like, like seriously though. I mean, it's a, you may think it's unlikely to come up, but you're going to have sex with your in-game girlfriend, and somebody else is doing a bit of work because they're inside you. Um, but it might do, right? Because all of the interludes in this game, which are like sort of character backstory sharing moments. Mm. Uh, they, they, they're, they're basically all been replaced with team building. So instead of telling stories around the fire, you'll talk about your feelings, come to revelations about how much you like each other and oh. things you have in common. So I feel it's kind of pushing you in that direction where you and the person living in you is going to start a relationship with Question. somebody else. What happens to the bodies of the people with the hearts? Ah... Are they dead? Don't ask questions, but there's a bin out back. Right, okay. And so it's a load of bodies in I it. assume they take them from... Well, yeah, actually, that's quite a complicated issue, isn't is it? it? Dead people? They must be digging them up. They digging them up. They just go to cemeteries. So they get buried and put to rest, like you know, respectfully, and then the the sin boys oh, go out late at night, dig them up, and uh, take their only, hearts out. Only for that person to then their personality to be put in somebody else's body <clears> to cuck, so they can continue to live their hell in which they left this life in the first place. Yeah, lovely. No wonder they're upset and they have to talk about their feelings. I thought I was dead! What am I feeling again? <laughs> oh, so, oh, God, heaven was so lovely. Now I'm down here having to do something. Like, I had all the 12 virgins as well. <laughs> but um, even if, for example, your in-game wife is commenting you know, on your success and how sexy you look fighting evil, you've still got Jerome's heart living in you rent-free. And he was doing a lot of that work. So is it really you he's finding sexy? Do you see what I mean? Yeah. You see yeah. what I mean? You've been really, you've been really more attractive past I couple of weeks. I don't know what it is, but you're fighting Since style. that trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. don't know. It's something about you. Oh, it feels bigger. <laughs> yeah. And while this game doesn't contain any polyamorous parts, it was still written and drawn by a couple who have multiple partners. Something I found out about them. Oh, Did no a bit way. of digging, which is a little bit creepy. So we're just going to move on from that. And I think a little bit of that attitude has seeped in. But the game does have left-leaning sensibilities, which is obvious from the hilariously misplaced effort to be inclusive and the amount of sections devoted to feelings and shit. There's also this absolutely nothing edgy, challenging or introspective about the world and its inhabitants. So talking to point three, right? Yes, the game does go to a lot of effort to be completely inoffensive. Even the bad guy in the whole campaign is painted as a good guy who simply misplaced his effort. <laughs> and I, 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 honestly, I'm not talking about morally grey. I, I mean really good guy. So yes, the game is you know meant to be non-offensive, and it strips Oof. itself of any nuance or tension or complexity, and it's about good people saving good people from good people. Where every, <laughs> it, where every character is a patronising facsimile of real-world real races, races for whom huge, broad strokes are used, used painting all whites, blacks, and Asians with insultingly stupid ideas of culture. So I hereby conclude that the game satisfies. I wish I had a gavel. All three ki- criteria. <laughs> And I can say that hand on heart, hand on crystal heart, that this game is for cucks. <laughs> and it's my honest belief 
that the guy who got angry at me for saying this game is for cucks is a cuckold himself. <laughs> rest my case. I rest my case. So yeah, yeah. What do you guys think? Uh, let, let's uh, let's put the cuck thing aside. Will you be picking up this anytime? No, soon? it's no grit. No, no, Could no. Do you give me ten pounds because I spent ten pounds on this? No, it's your fault. When did I buy it? Where's your acquisition points? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> no, but I just don't get like right. The, we've seen so many games change up Savage Worlds edges and hindrances by giving them a new name. Right, that is so boring. Stop it. Uh, yeah. That's like one problem. The other problem is that what pure racism. Mm. <laughs> I mean, that's mental. It. I honestly think it comes from a good place. Yeah, because but, the road but, uh, to hell is paved with best intentions. Exactly, <laughs> and it's like, but, but it's it's the, this whole thing. Like, like I, I don't I hate getting into politics, but the the whole modern day thing of saying white people. It's like, like tell people in in fucking uh, remote parts of Russia that white privilege is a thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. and it's it's like that same kind of thing where they've lumped. Asian cultures together they think they're doing a good job because they try and include all different cultures but it's like someone from the Philippines that. and someone from Thailand they're yeah. not remotely the fucking same it's just I don't know and so I think it comes from a good place so it's hard to like hate them for it oh, but no, it's yeah. just it's so stupid that's no, what but it is there's mm. such an easy way around it don't yeah. find don't try and make the races anything similar to what we currently Real have worldwide exactly yeah. Exactly. So, there you go. There's a fucking purple thing, and you can look however the fuck you want. Yeah. Just do colours. Just purple, like yellow. green, yellow, and that's it. Because green. Then it's just it's like um it's Can't like do. a badge or like a group. Yeah. Well, and also also like it's Red. a fantasy game, so you can go mad with it. I mean, if you don't want to include the typical fantasy races, go for something that's not a stand-in for something in the real world. Because the chances are you don't know what you're fucking talking about. And if if you just turn it on its head as well, make uh, you know orcs and all that are normally like you know one way in games make them the the monarchy make them all noble make yeah, it interesting or, or, what, or you could just if you want to have an all human game yeah just don't have races as a thing yeah, yeah. because Absolutely. because you're you can have like cultures in different parts of the world yeah but you but, but ultimately when you're playing this bloody game skin color doesn't matter but your background does but what they've done is they've boiled it down to the broadest stroke of a skin color or a continent and continents, I don't know if you know this, lads, they're quite big. Mm-hmm. And the people on them are very <laughs> quite varied. Va- quite varied, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I just, I don't know. If I, it's just lazy, is what yeah, it is. Yeah, it's lazy. Yeah. Mm. And it's just the the the, uh, the very base idea of a setting if i told you uh you know that you use the you know use the essences of really evil people to fight evil and you it's your job to track them down so it doesn't fall into the wrong hands it's a good it's a decent That's a idea. Cool story especially but, if you're fighting internally against this bad crystal because you need the crystal to do a good thing but it's actually trying to turn you or corrupt you and you've got that internal battle going on that is interesting but then but it's just the execution it doesn't yeah, land doesn't it. Say the right terrible and do you know what does fucking land the execution it's basically a similar thing is rippers mm. victorian london you're mm-hmm. taking on the, the the qualities of the things that you hate yep. to fight them to better. fight them better yeah exactly you, you know you like you could kill a vampire get his fangs you can kill a cthulhu monster and get internal, a tentacle internal what are they called internal fascia they're these big tentacles that burst out of your chest yeah. and people. Exactly. Yeah, and you don't want great. that, but you need it to keep mm. the fighting the good fight, let's say. Yeah. But that's done in an intelligent way. Yeah, well, but that, but that's, but that's it, and it's it's cooler as well because it's Victorian London. It's violent. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's it. There's no violence. There's no grit. There's no. 
I mean, it's, 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 it reminds me of. Do you remember Captain Planet when they all had their own little rings and they're like, "Ha, huh, Captain Planet!" Yeah, yeah. And they all put it together human. and like, you know, fight. Yeah, I don't know. Bring in police. He's, he's just a bit late. And then, yeah, that's him. <laughs> the other day, I got in an argument with my brother on uh, on WhatsApp as well because I was trying to say this game is like Steven's Universe, a cartoon which he, as a nearly forty year old man, loves. I, I watched one episode. And I remember. Hated I remember it. the commentary. Hated it so much. It's so bad. It's yeah. so bad. But he and really enjoys it. And then you showed the uh, front cover. He really. Do you mean he really enjoyed it? It's an old thing, right? Yeah. No. Like he grew he, up watching it. No, he watched it maybe. This is recent is. years. This oh, is within our right. friendship. He watched okay. the film of it this year. Oh, sure. I know. Come on, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and also, I, I, yeah, I, yeah. I keep calling it Steven's Universe because it's actually called Steven Universe. That's his name. Steve. But it was on the... When you did your little review of it, you, yeah. you went, all right, I'm watching an episode of Steven's Universe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. was, uh, so Crystal Heart, I think I think if there's any, any good thing you can take from it, the... Actually, I really am I'm struggling, honestly. The very, very base concept, but you don't need to buy the book to, to, to get that. The, the crystals are kind of rubbish. The beast area is quite good, but mm. it's not worth buying the book for. Is there anything scary in there? Oh, God, no. 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 Oh, no. No. So okay. I don't think... Yeah, yeah. The only thing scary is that I bought this book, and I don't know why. <laughs> or when. I think or how. No, I don't. I think you bought this ages ago to do this because this has yeah, been on, yeah, yeah. this has been in the canon for a while. This, this it has, episode. it has. And so yeah, uh, Crystal Hearts is both a game for cucks by cucks, and <laughs> it sucks. And that is today's poetry corner. <laughs> oh mate, um, well done. All right, sorry about that. By the way, to the two people that made the game, but it is it is quite bad. But the, I I would say this: the lady that did the artwork, Talented. I think. That they they should do like things like packs of pre gens, you know, new spell cards, things like this with her artwork on it. Yeah. For games focused for playing with like Children. all ages, yeah. you know, because I like the artwork on a technical level. Yeah. I just think in a in a ga- like in a game whose concept to execute it properly, it should be a bit gritty. Oh, hundred percent. And this is this is just the it's just the wrong setting. It's the for wrong her setting artwork. for that it artwork. A, it was a bad matchup. Or strike a bit of balance and give us the same artwork, but something much darker. Like Crystal Heart, like adult edition. Dark edition. Yeah, yeah. that would be cool. Do you know what I mean? Cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I wouldn't buy it because I just play Rippers, but... <laughs> yeah, so just true. put a sticker over the Rippers logo on your Rippers books. There you go. You've done it. Uh, right, well, that is it for Crystal Farts. Crystal Cucks. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> nice. You've been Go coming on. up with that one for a while. <laughs> yeah, man. I've been working on that one. Cuckstle cucks. <laughs> <laughs> I hope my, my son is definitely going to say cuck as his first word now. He's been oh. listening to this whole oh, thing. God. He's asleep. That's a oh, my alert. God. He's yeah, so he fucking asleep. Should we just do electronetters now and try to... Yeah. Well, I, just, I just need to... Wait, can I just do a picture of his... Of his... Uh, <laughs> he's trying to look like I was eating him. His head, though. I love him so much. He's a sweet. Yeah, I like him. He's a cool guy. He is a cool guy. He's got a lot going on. He's going places. He's got a busy life. In the future, you will be able to send a letter or parcel from anywhere on the planet. This, sir, is the Electro Letter. Hello. Hello. Welcome... Is it me you're looking for? So, uh, yeah, welcome to Electrolers. This is where we uh, read out your mail and reply to it. If you want to do the same, 
get onto the Discord, motherfucker. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, we've got Discord that I don't ever use. I should probably use I it. I use it all the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was funny because Harrison's like never used it he for didn't three realize. years. I didn't, and now he's on it all the time. Yeah. It's only because I didn't know we had it. Yeah. You fuck. Anyway, you, link you in the fuck. description. Go and join that now. First yes. letter comes in from Lord of the Froglands, Carson. He says, what's the strangest item, magic, weird technology, etc. you guys have gotten and how did you guys end up using it? It's probably more one for you guys because I don't know if I've ever had any crazy... Uh, we had a talking sword but we had to interrogate it that was pretty funny but like the the talking sword was pretty funny because we were stamping on it (laughs) shouting at it Um, I was going to say that when we did our DCC actual play and uh, we asked people to send in their own items yeah and there was the glove of duelling and if you slap somebody with it they They would have to duel it yeah Yeah, that was cool that was great what about about bubble gun Bubble gun was pretty good, and that's the thing, right? I included them because I thought, you know, those guns that shoot bubbles. Mm. The idea about this weird technology, magical item, is that you would put any liquid in it, and it would turn into bubbles. Yep. So I thought it's a really good weapon because if you fill a room with bubbles made of bleach mm-hmm. or lighter fluid, do you yep. know what I mean? People are in trouble. But, but you guys are just like oh, funny item. Anyway, I'll take the uh, shotgun, please. <laughs> yeah. Exploding trousers. Oh yeah, we didn't look into that. Exploding trousers is a good one. Yeah. Right? It was more that that's an item you give somebody. You go, oh, I've got these pair of trousers for you, and then you detonate. It's a trick one. Oh no, I better tell you well, the like best. Shot bun is the best. <laughs> that was stupid. Shot bun. Was so, so it good. was a. Uh, it was a, it was a bun with a shotgun baked in it. That uh, uh, there was a one time use weapon. Bite into if it. you bite into it, uh, yeah, it shoots out the other side. And it, uh, uh, that got used once, and it got misused because the cat, the guy went up to somebody and went, uh, "Just take a bite on this here shot bun, buddy." And the guy went, "Shot bun!" Turned it around and slammed it in his yeah. fist. Shot the guy in the chest. That was so good. That's probably the best. That's probably the silliest one. Shot bun, I reckon. Shot bun. Yeah, yeah right. Shot bun. It is. Next one comes in from Lassie, not the dog. It's like Lassie. (laughs) If you put all the RPG creeps you talked about in the show into a Thunderdome-style tournament, who would win and who do you hope would win? Also, is the RPG hobby plagued by more creeps than other hobbies, or are they just worse at hiding? (laughs) Um, I I think they're worse at hiding. I do yes. also think that potentially it does bring out the creep because it's of the, all fantasy. Because of the whole game that you do. Or, you know, yeah. not a f- and a lack of women and a lack yeah. of tact. Deodorant, yeah, you know, washing. Um, I definitely think like chavs at festival go, uh, like festivals in the UK mm-hmm. are way fucking more creepy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 100%. That, that is definitely like a hobby. But they hide crazy. they hide in the masses. So, yeah, yeah exactly. Or like, uh, you know, like, you know, like the, um, you know, the, like, like the boozing culture on the weekend in a, in a town, like in a city or so, it's uh, fucked up, creepy man. blokes, yeah, definitely. But uh, yeah, so t- taking it to a lighter uh, aspect here, all the RPG creeps we've ever talked about. So you've got uh, Byron Hall, you've got Justin Saroy, you've got Arcadum, Varg. Uh, Varg's mine. He's well, got he's, a win. Varg's yeah, got done. a win. He's the winner because he's he he does so many videos on YouTube about fighting with weapons. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I just I, I watched one of his and he I, burned shit down. Yeah. And he stabbed a, a guy. Yeah. yeah. He's the only one that's... He's the only one who's literally... Yeah, that's true, actually. He's that's literally true, actually. done it. It would be Varg, wouldn't it? Yeah, oh, he'll win. He's, I saw, I saw a video... A um, what did he call us? Uh, orcs. Oh, that was it. Which means, like, degenerates. And it's, uh, but, <laughs> what, us, us? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. he did it on Twitter, because I, I sent him a video that. of me oh. putting his... Uh, book into in the bin. recycling <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he did like it because I tried to sell it but nobody wanted it so, so we had to bid it but I saw a video the other day of him uh, I, I'm obsessed with him I don't know why <laughs> I saw a video of him because he's just unintentional comedy but yeah. in this video he's it starts with him wearing a chainmail helmet holding an axe and going I will bathe in your blood why will I do this let's find out <laughs> I love it because he has got one video as well he's like is Vogue a Nazi 
Let's, Let's find, find out. out. It's like his catchphrase. <laughs> I love it so much, man. It's oh, just so, yeah, some of the stuff that he talks about. He's just, he's a fucking idiot. It would definitely vague. I, was... I infiltrated his Discord server last week, <sighs> actually. I, I found it. He's getting into an obsession. He's been an obsession for ages. I don't, I don't even know. I've read books about him, but um, <laughs> I just find him so fascinating as, a, as an idiot. Like but I infiltrated his Discord server, and then people were getting mass banned and uh, also getting their accounts banned Ooh. just for joining. So I got prompted. Get out of there. Get out I was going to troll him and then talk about it on this experience. Uh, on this experience, <laughs> on with this Gray experience now. that we're having. <laughs> uh, yeah, but um, yeah, Varg would win. Varg yeah, would win because I, I think that all the other people, like the Fatal Guy and Arcadum, they're just fat nerds. Yeah, and they're Varg weak, is also yeah. a fat nerd. But, but he's not weak, and he owns weapons. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I don't think he's. Weak. He's topless a lot. He's top. Yeah, because he is a Viking. That's right. Right. So Viking. I'm a Viking. <laughs> uh, speaking of Vikings, one comes in for Michael. <laughs> And he says, any interesting mediocre villains for cyberpunk? Ooh, this is okay. a really weird question. But I suppose in cyberpunk, the villain has to be somebody that is corporate. So it's got to be, I'm thinking middle manager. Well, what about um, fucking from Dirt Boy? Oh, Nathan Breckett. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, Nathan I, don't Breckett. Think he's, I don't think he's mediocre enough. Uh, okay. no, he was a bit higher. flamboyant. Bit, yeah, he was a bit flamboyant, actually. It's got to be somebody that's like manager of like a... Small, a middle manager. A no, middle manager a fucking, at a call centre. No, it couldn't even be that. It could be just a janitor. He's detected and gets ignored, but then he becomes a villain. Yeah, but he would almost be... A, that would be a player character, I feel. Like, it, uh, you know, because he's uh, anti-corporate. Interesting he's a mediocre yeah. villains for cyberpunk. 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 <laughs> <laughs> that's the music. Shake your booty. Uh, um, oh, that's a very... Stephen odd, 5000. A printer that has been hacked <laughs> and has gone rogue. Yes. It can't really damage <laughs> you in any way, but you can print really offensive things. <laughs> <laughs> no, but there was that printer in the Dirt Boy who started them... Uh, fire, uh, it modded itself and it started... Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah there you and, go. And don't, don't forget an ice resurfacing machine. Oh, mate, they're great. So that's a pretty good... So that's a mediocre villain, then. We're talking... We're talking yeah, a, we're talking uh, a piece of equipment. office station. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah we're talking, yeah, the office AI is the mediocre oh, villain. Oh, that's so good. You, you can't the leave the building. I mean, the solution is just it goes, I'm going to kill you. And you just go, well, I just open the door and walk out the back. Oh, Come back no, but wait. Yeah. You don't finish till five. And then you look at your watch. Damn, it's got me. <laughs> they walk back in. <laughs> yeah, the there you go. Then use left. Use the fax machine. Yeah, yeah, fax machine. It would be called like the. But I oh, know. I was going to think of a pun, but I did. My brain isn't good. <laughs> Next one comes from Bargle. Bargle. This Bargle. is why I like us using the Discord because the name. The names are great. Any ideas for interesting villain motivations? Well, you're a printer. <laughs> Right. And, uh, you've had a you're, you're an AI of an office. You're you're sick of all the people in the office putting their bum on you. At yeah. Work <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, like photocopying their boobies and their willies. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Don't say willies. My but, son is here. Bums. Uh, Th- he he continues saying uh, or she, but let's be honest, he uh, Thanos from the MCU <laughs> films is sort of a crazed environmentalist. The old two E spelljammer module Skull and Crossbows featured a Thrykreen invasion led by a polite but earnest monster who genuinely believed he had a religious duty to conquer the universe. One way of solving the situation was to find older religious texts and convincing him that he had simply misinterpreted. So interesting villain motivations. I mean, we can't fall with one for the for the printer there. Yeah, uh, I, I often think the best ones are the ones where the 
ones where the person that thinks they're doing something wrong. I was going to say, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like It's a perspective thing. So when you think about the amount of studies that have been done on Hitra. Yeah. Hitra. Hitra-san. Sokawai. <laughs> so if you look at him, he's an interesting villain because he believed what he was doing was right. Mm. And he couldn't have been more wrong. No, that's let's right. Let's be honest. <laughs> or, or Vlad the Impaler, for example. Uh-huh. He had done a lot of impaling. But here's the thing. Yeah, so interesting villain motivations, I often think they come from a place of the person thinks they're doing good yeah yeah so um because that means i stop at nothing because they believe it so like uh, much you know if they knew yeah i'm evil because i'm a cunt like then it's just going to be like well but they don't know they're evil yeah exactly yeah. that's what i'm saying yeah. nobody yeah. thinks they're evil yeah but it's just a different perspective so yeah it, it could it could be for example that uh if you were to take the example of world war Two, let's say for example you could start your fantasy game in a uh, utopia where all races happily live together and orcs are just as people too and some mm-hmm. of them are in high up positions in office then suddenly there's this invader from another land fantasy Germany who, who wants things to return back to the way they were Yeah. and so these people that were once enemies are having to team up against the foe that is committing genocide I mean that's fun mm-hmm. one of my fa- favourite ever villain motivations and this is more on the stupid side was in Pokemon uh, Sapphire, right? <laughs> There's a, the Team Rocket standing in that game. Basically, they want to evoke the water god Pokemon mm-hmm. and flood the entire world, killing everyone so that everyone becomes equal. Like, well, we're all dead now. We're all so dead, we're all, so all, all the same. And, and essentially that... Okay, things like bullying and wars don't exist anymore because yep. everyone's dead. Yep. And the great thing is, is that you finally meet him you beat him at a Pokemon battle mm-hmm. for a hobby, and he goes, "Oh my god, what was I thinking? That was a really, really stupid thing." You've to smacked do. the sense into me. <laughs> yeah, it's like, but it, for the rest of the game, he's just like, "Mate, oh, so, oh my god, I, I was what such was wrong an, with me." That, and and even his assistant is like, "Yeah, I was, I was going to say something, you know." That is really, really, <laughs> you really, really stupid. into it. Like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so maybe some of the ones where. You know, like where the villain is like actually clinically insane, yeah. and yeah, they yeah. see some logic in the thing yeah. they're trying that's, to do. That's, that's but there's it. no no human being on the planet would sympathise with their goals yeah, at all. Absolutely, like, that could also be quite interesting because you're like, this guy's mad, and he's like, no, you don't get it. If everybody dies, you all become equal. Yes. It's like the um, that's in, mad. In Final Fantasy VIII, the, the main villain wants to. Um, boil down all time into a black hole so that only one moment exists over and over again so that she's never bullied again and it's like well te- uh, r slash technically correct yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> the oh. butt man he says are there any instances of creepy women in the rpg space fucking I'm aware of. of course oh well, it's actual women sorry yes yeah, I thought you were talking I, about characters <laughs> and I was just like there's loads mate we had the old sea hag like. oh yeah <laughs> no I mean I, I, I know there's something deep down inside where I've encountered it and I can't figure out where it was what, I, like a lecherous woman a lecherous woman Ooh. De- no but lecherous women obviously do fucking exist yeah, and yeah. I at a work do once got propositioned by one whose husband who I worked with wanted to have sex with my wife Oh God! A little, oh, swap, what, a little swap-a-row. Yeah, they wanted to do a little. They swap-a-row. wanted a little cut then. And I got my boss to pay for a camp home for me because I was because uh, her advances were really. Let's get gross. her quick. Oh no, <laughs> she was an RPG player, but it wasn't in the context. Not the one that you're RPG thinking role. of, listeners. Um, but yeah, there's got to be lecherous women, surely. Yeah, surely there has. Do you reckon there's like a like a like a like a, like a? I imagine it's fewer because there are fewer there's... women that play. <laughs> or unless you got like an all-girl group with one GM and he's like a guy and they're just like just messing him about now, all the time. Get your cock out, <laughs> me. 
<laughs> it's like um, I reckon if you had a group of middle-aged divorcees playing get an RPG, you right. would, they would definitely be. Well, we'll say it's if right. you had a male GM, <laughs> yeah. so like, they oh, definitely. Oh, take me to the dungeon master. <laughs> I mean, so one, they definitely exist, but we have not been exposed we to them. We haven't Because no. we are losers and we only play with ourselves. Yeah. Hey, wait a minute. Because my friend Katie played with us recently. Yeah, but she's not a lecturous woman, is she? Ah. Uh, uh, but as far as we know. Oh, yeah. She might be. She's definitely a woman, though. Right. Well, I'm going to ask how lecherous she can be. Uh, yeah, <laughs> All right. It. But yeah, they definitely do exist. There are no famous examples, which is probably a good sign. But the... Um, yeah, I mean, uh, law of probability. There's, there's it's got to be, be. There's it's got to be. be. Something's uh, happened. In fact, I seem to remember hearing a story. It's probably an RPG it on, horror story. It was on Spoonie Experiment. Oh, Spoonie, okay. And he told a story about a woman that was being a complete creep and trying to touch up other characters. Wow. In game, um, she was playing a gay character that was the, the like the biggest stereotype, yeah, and she was yeah. going up to ca- other characters and grabbing, grabbing their, their junk bits yeah. and stuff. So Do you remember does... that RPG horror story one that we was looking at that time when um, that guy's girlfriend joined and she got like the most powerful item in the world as a starting gear and stuff? Oh yeah, need yeah, to yeah, read yeah. more of them. I'll, I'll tell you what, we'll do a bit of research. Well, I think and we, we see if we can find some the best, ones. the greatest yeah. hits of RPG horror, horror stories. stories. But, Absolutely, yeah. but that's one example I know secondhand from yeah. somebody. Okay, um, Tizer Man. He says, how often do you set up campaigns with mini-games, like the Quiet Year, Dungeon Sketching, Dice Games, Tarot Cards, or Backstory Generators? If you don't use them at all, are they something you are interested in as players or GMs? So, <clears throat> the Quiet Year... Just shuffling my papers here. And what is that, then? So, the Quiet Year is a card-slash-dice thing, I think. It comes in a bag, mm-hmm. and it's basically... it's used for post-apocalyptic games can be I think any genre Mm. and you sit down as a party and go through the year preceding like so the apocalypse has happened and the the year of rebuilding that got the society to where it is Uh, now and you go through it and you do it all you create uh, characters you create events in history things that were built it looks really interesting honestly and I have really thought about doing that because remember when we sat down we came up with a setting Mm. it was brilliant I'd love to play that so I was thinking, like, maybe just sit down. Let's just roll all this shit randomly. Mm. But then I did it once with two other people, and it went really badly. But it's because they weren't very imaginative. But, um, yeah, I, I would love to do that. The, yeah. the, as for mini games, like, all of that stuff, like, to randomly generate details for games, I don't do it with players. I tend to do it by myself per adventure. Yeah. But the original premise will just be usually something I've come up with or something I've got from a setting book. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I've never done that before. But what, what do you guys think? Would you like to sit down, do like come up with a setting for session zero, setting, then characters, then play session one? Uh, or does it take a bit of the magic out of it? I think it takes some of the magic out of it. Because, yeah. I mean, okay, it'll be. I'm up for trying it for a short campaign. Fine. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, maybe do it for like that. Is for that kind of thing. It's great. But if you're trying to like flesh out a long campaign, Mm. you reckon's going to be like takes out the discovery. Yeah, Yeah. two digits worth of sessions. Then it's just like ah. Yeah, no. But but to an extent, I do find a problem with the more 
nuanced and like crazy settings like um like like Planescape is a very good example mm. that that could take years to learn if you just played it but let's yeah. say if we all came up with one as complicated as that and we all knew the ground rules yeah 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 and that's where I think it would shine but other than that it's like yeah like you say but then again another really good part about Planescape is the discovery because it is so mental yeah you know? that's true we love yeah. it because it's like what, what the fuck what is what? this yeah what? And, that, and, and, and that is that is a good part of any RPG isn't it well like we went into discovery. that world and it yeah. was like grainy like um, an old school giant God CRT TV. To us. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I, yeah, I, I think I, I agree. I, I think sitting down with the players and doing it brings a lot of the magic out of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, my, well, some of the players that are consistently amazed by the things that GMs do will realise how flimsy what we do really is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. Uh, kill defenses. He comes in with the last one. He says, "How do you feel about replacing a skill resolution with a quick mini game as opposed to just a dice roll?" For instance, I've been wanting to run the DCC game where the lockpicking skill is resolved by playing a game of Shut the Box. Oh, this is where that came from. Yeah, it can be played in under a minute. Yes. So that's, uh, a, that's a very, that's, very good idea. That's a very different question that's on a similar thing, isn't it? But a, a game within a game, very fun. Uh, we've done it loads of oh, times yeah. over different things. We've done that bloody one that you created in Fallout. Rookie Stump. Rookie Stump. Rookie Stump. Yeah, yeah, yeah we had that. We've had, we've had mini games. Um, I think, I think and they work well, I think. I agree. And... and it, the idea of having a central mechanic for every RPG is is a relatively new thing. Yeah. Like Aces and Eights is a game I very much want to play, but mm. they have sort of because just rolling like cattle rustling, for uh-huh. example, or, or driving cattle from one town to another is a very involved job and yeah. it can take a lot of different things. So just rolling one skill and going, right, yeah, you do that hundred miles. Yeah. So um it's it is a mini game in that, as yeah. it, as is almost aiming at somebody and shooting at somebody. And it can make for a better, deeper experience. And even now we're doing it in Cyberpunk. The Elf lines online. We're using Tiny D6, mm. and uh, it's a very, very simple system. But it's nice going. Okay, give me a roll in Cyberpunk. Now, give me a roll yeah. in Tiny D6. We're using this little simple mini game system. Yeah, I like to play that. Out a level system. That's really cool. But it gives it a better feel because instead of just going, oh, whatever, just use the stats in your characters. That's what your character. Yeah, we're got. separating it out, and mm. we're actually going through the process of playing a Absolutely. video game. And, and do you know what's game, quite yeah. a cool experience as well? It's like if you go to like a, a t- you know a, a, a town that you've not visited before, and they're playing some weird game that you're not quite sure how it works, and they offer you to play, and it's not just rolling to see if you do well. It's actually playing that game. Yeah. I've, that I've wanted to do that for immersive. years. Immersive, do you know what I mean? I had a dungeon, and this is really frustrating because I made a dungeon in our Lamentations of the Flame Princess mm-hmm. game. It was one of many that you could have gone to. Yeah. Um, and I had at the end, I was playing Breath of the Wild at the time. Mm. And you know, a lot of that yeah. has like weird puzzles where mm-hmm. you kind of have to figure out, like, you know, what, what to do in that. And I based it on one of those dungeons. And in it I um, I noticed there was a section where you kind of had to use you know the ability where you can pick up stuff and bounce stuff off it like, you're yeah. kind of using it to play tennis yeah. in, in one of these <coughs> little shrines Yeah, and I was like that's a fucking good idea yeah. and I had in my cupboard up there I had the Pong machine from, oh, the, from like nice. the 70s I think Yeah, and um, I was going to pull that out at the end of the game I even packed it in my bag and you guys never went to the bloody oh, dungeon oh mate that would have been good <laughs> or imagine like you know fighting against uh, I don't know doing a bit of hacking in Cyberpunk and the final game is like basically to beat the AI is a simple game of Pong well, and you pull thing, Pong that, out here's, here's the, well that's exactly yeah. it that would be awesome but here's the cool thing about Cyberpunk Red is that they've really resolved the problem with, with hacking right is that it's it, it, you really 
have to slow the game down mm. because the things that you're doing in the cyberspace are happening in milliseconds yeah. so we've talked about this before but the way Cyberpunk Red does it is just that you get more actions on your turn cool. which can make it take longer but it is in and of itself its own mini game yeah, yeah, yeah. so you That's have right. abilities that only work within cyberspace that mm-hmm. damage black ice that damage demons which are basically like anti-hacking programs mm-hmm. and there's also net architecture so you're actually supposed to draw out a little dungeon and go through it awesome. which we haven't done because it's way too much fucking effort mm. but it's things like that that really cool and the app as well is going to be generating um going to have a feature to just generate a net architecture on the fly so that's cool yeah i mean and, and that is an example of like a little mini game and it does use the standard rules but in a kind of different way yeah that's and i it. like that a lot. Yeah, i like, like that too and um yeah i'm always <coughs> playing using shut the box to do lock picking is great because it's a really good idea the player could be playing it and you get to your turn you're like all right roll again and that's him like turning the little yeah and that, tumblers yeah. and that yeah 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 Great idea. No, I like it. Idea. I think yeah, I think we're all pro mini game then, aren't we? You pro oh, yeah. mini game? Pro yeah, mini game? Hundred yeah, percent. Pro mini game. It's fucking. It's really really fun because it just it sort of uh, just lets you enjoy that moment more. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Little change you, of direction, isn't little, it? For like, five seconds. Or everyone whatever. loves yeah. rolling and succeeding yep. and whatever and exploding if the mechanic allows. But if you have like a mini game that you can do, then mm. you're like, this is fucking. Mm-hmm. It, it makes it, it feel more like is. the thing it's trying to be. Yeah, like. exactly. Yeah, yeah I think because it's, it's uh, it, well, that that I think is why everyone listening to this should um, take a look at ICRPG yes. because they solve that in a very clever way where. Um, so enemies their hit points is called hearts right mm-hmm. so let's say for example they start with one heart that's 10 HP it takes 10 HP to kill them but other things can also have hearts so if you are, you lot are fighting mm-hmm. or trying to distract people mm. that situation you could have a number of hearts to properly distract them but you, but the, meanwhile the thief is in the back of the pub trying to get into the back and he's lock picking so yep. he's using his basic effort skill to shave off HP from the heart of the lock. Yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. strong lock, it's three hearts at 30, it's going to take ages. Yeah. So it means that you, and you could do that for climbing a mountain. So everyone's giving basic effort rolls to climb this mountain, mm-hmm. you're wearing down the HP, it could mean that so-and-so gets to the top, they're fine, a dragon, all these other people are making several rolls. It's not just one roll, you Smart. get out there. Yeah. Yeah, it's really clever. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of gone off topic, it's not really a mini game. it's just using the same rolls throughout. It's a good system, but, but yeah. It's a, that's a good way of doing it. But yeah, I think it adds, mini games add to immersion. 100%. Don't use them all the time, but in the cases where it's done in DCC, I think it's really fucking good, mm-hmm. especially on no. that little wheel the play, the the pla- the pla- well. Do you remember the Play-Doh one? Oh, yeah. We had yeah. to make something out of Play-Doh, didn't we? So that was pretty genius, because the... Um, uh, the module Intrigue at the Court of Chaos one. it has one d- dungeon chamber where you have to reshape a piece of clay mm-hmm. and it suggests bringing your own piece of clay That's so it. I made some Play-Doh and then we, it was awesome yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is just fun that's just yeah it's a little little change of direction it makes it quite cool yeah right we've been going for bloody ages we better shut up we better shut up for once fucking, fucking hell I'm sorry <laughs> James yes be more racist I like He's it still snoozing look at him no, no. It's All right, let's go to the outro. Yay. Outro. Oh, such a long walk. Really low energy. <sighs> right, low now, why did we put the outro chamber so far, so far away from <laughs> the know, other one? It's so annoying. Low Hang on a minute. Have you guys ever thought of just doing the podcast in one chamber? What? Oh, shit. No, we can't. Oh, because we got God. all them Oh, my God, letters. you're so smart. <laughs> yeah. Piling up. They weigh a lot. Yeah, we've got to go to the post room for that. Yeah, nah. I wish we'd put the, the outro chamber. room near the Electro Letters room, but. Yeah, that, yeah well, you know. Go, have to go walk past the sex dungeon. Yeah. Well, Wait, well, what? Shh, don't turn in my bed. <laughs> oh. Snake, are you okay? Uh, Colonel, I'm trying to sneak around, but I'm dummy thick. And the clap of my ass cheeks keeps alerting the guards. Anyway, that was an episode. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Won't it just? Don't be a cuck. Don't be a cuck. 
And, you know, but actually, if, no, actually, you can do what you do want. Do what you want. Don't, we don't care. Don't, don't, don't. Do what you want. As long as it makes you happy, I just find that in uh, the experience I, I, I don't, I have no, I have no experience. I want to point that out. But I, in the experience that I've seen of other people, it's always the bloke miserable, the woman getting all the D's she wants. So just don't bother. <laughs> Uh, my son's about to start crying so uh, Nick give out the email address right so the email address is 3trpgpod at gmail.com and of course uh, go to the discord if you want to send us questions <laughs> do not cheapen this show with farting <laughs> sorry <laughs> yeah get us on social media we're on Facebook we're on Instagram Twitter, we're on Twitter Instagram all uh, of that shut, shut discord most importantly and of course lastly but not leastly if you'd like to donate to this shamble that is a oh, podcast please do get over to our Patreon and sort us out and check out Free TRPG Publishing, Free TRPG Publishing on Drive Through. Yeah, RPG. but we ain't done anything for a while. Sorry about that. Well, yeah, but right. just check it out and buy got, the shit. Got kids and stuff. Buy, buy the old stuff, and then we will make something new. Yeah, New Year, new product. How about that? If if we get a hundred buys, we will make a pamphlet. <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we'll make, make a brochure. <laughs> well, actually, no, no. Before before we go, I want, guys, I want to tell you guys about an idea I had. I've told you about it, James. But um, I recently um, heard about this thing called Free Kriegspiel, <laughs> which is like free war game, right? Right. So the idea is, is that back in the day when war games first, you know, came out and evolved uh-huh. into RPGs, that they the the idea of having stringent rules actually limited what players could do within these war games. So uh-huh. what they ended up doing was just getting, you know, some old corporal that had been around the block to make up rules on the fly, yeah, with, just intuitively because he knows war so well. And this was called Free Kriegspiel. Now, the interesting thing is, I tried to look up books on the matter, yeah. but they don't exist because there aren't any rules. So I thought, <laughs> yeah. on, on Drive Through RPG, if we released a book, yeah. <laughs> so like, and, and it was mostly blank pages, really nice cover, right? But it would just say Free Kriegspiel, and it would give the explanation I've just given to you, then the rest of the pages would be blank. And then maybe at the back, notes. Notes. And yeah. there would obviously be a contents page. Yeah. <laughs> and occasionally art yes work. a bit of art in there yeah, yeah. okay yeah fine <laughs> the free crease spear rules that's a well good idea All I right. think it's a great that's idea that's a great idea mate right well, well, well look out for that then <laughs> <laughs> I could probably whip that up in the next no 10 time. minutes we'll get out for Christmas <laughs> <laughs> uh, bye 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 oh wait no come on let's think no, out come on guys come oh actually on. look forward to uh, I guess the next episode will be our rewards episode so do look forward to it that will. Oh. it'll have to be yeah it's yes. always a humdinger. Wait, we need to start. I can't wait for that. We need to start like. I can't bloody wait, mate. <laughs> I can't bloody wait. I need to start voting, mate. And you start voting. Uh, my name is Madison Hunt. My name is Jam Uh My name Nick. And this has been the 3T RPG podcast. This has been the 3T RPG podcast. Oh, actually, get over to what's that Morris thing? They've got that uh, best podcast of the year awards again. Uh, Morris. 